Bam, <clears throat> we're live. You don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. You don't have to react. Damn. Wet hair day. You don't have to. You do not have to respond. You do not have to react. There's this thing that parents do, that people do around kids. It's fucking absolutely nuts. It's the sure telltale way to decide if you're hanging around uh, insects, the unconscious. Parents do it to each other all the time. No shit, my mic's off? God damn it. My mic is off. You guys can't hear me? Ah. Uh. Hold on, let me react to that. So sloppy, Sebi. So sloppy. It's because I don't even have my headphones on. What a fucking mess. How's that better? How's that? Better? Mas bueno? Ah. Ah. Thank you, Augustus. When you say better, is it perfect? There. Beautiful. Thank you, Miss Groom. Chocolate cake for Heidi. That's what I always tell my kids. Chocolate cake. You're hanging out with some kid and you say to the kid, Hey, is that your cat? And the parent answers, yeah, that's his cat. And you look at the kid again and you're like, what's, what's your cat's name? And the parent answers again. And then you're like, do you have any other pets? And the parent answers again. Yeah, we have a bird and a dog and a blah, blah, blah. And at that point, you're like, I fucking hate you, and I feel sorry for your fucking kid. You are the fucking worst parent ever. You're just a fucking horrible human being. They're not horrible, Sebby. They're just unconscious. You're just reacting. I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me, steering me to the land of positivity. I always know the days that I'm a little one step behind in the office because I bring stuff in here that's not needed. Like, I brought my wallet in here. By the way, it is the perfect wallet. I've never seen another perfect wallet besides, besides this. But, like, why did I bring my wallet into the studio? I never bring my wallet into the studio. You want to see what's in here? A uh, couple credit cards. Oh, there's a business card in here. What the fuck is this? Uh, Garage to Fitness. Greg Sharp, CEO. I don't, I don't know where this came from. Swim card for the local swimming pool. When you're a baller like me, I bought like 300 passes on it. Just in advance, you know what I mean? I pay $7 every time I go in with my kids. Oh, uh, card for the boardwalk for rides and video games. When people talk to me, when I walk up to the, to the, to the front of the line at the local hamburger place, and the lady says to me, um, what would you like? I just look at my kid. Like, I'm not getting anything. I just look at them. And it just gets weird. And it should get weird. My kid needs to learn a fucking lesson. Time to fucking speak up. When I come home and I walk in the door, I'm like, hey, kids, what'd you do today? And my wife starts answering. I'm like, shh, 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 shh. I didn't ask you. You would never do that shit to an adult either, by the way. 
If every time someone asks my wife a question, I answered, she slapped the shit out of me. Yeah, my wife's not violent. She wouldn't do that. My wife's a horrible hitter. Anytime my wife has hit me, when right before it makes contact, she opens her hand and it turns into a slap. Fucking weak. I tell her she's weak as shit. You want to see how much cash I have? Look at that. A hanji. I got a hanji. I got a fitty. I got a 20. And four ones. It's not, that's that's good walking money. 174 bucks. Haley abuses you. It makes sense now. I beg her to hit me. I beg her. If I ask you a question, I want to know the answer from you. Oh, triggered. Shit. Sorry, Heidi. Triggered. Sorry. It's a little close to home. Sorry. I had a hitter. I've, I've had a few hitters. I had a girl... Uh, when I lived in the motorhome, I had a girl uh, push me. Uh, There's steep stairs. I know. I know. Jake Chapman's gonna love this one. There's a chick pushed me out of my motorhome down the stairs. It, it's like only two or three stairs, but they're steep, and I fell out onto the sidewalk. And you know, like when you're so angry that you're laughing like a complete fucking lunatic. That's I landed like right before I hit. I turned to my back, and I landed, and I was just laughing like a lunatic. I was like, "Holy fuck." Am I going to jail now? She just pushed me down the stairs. I had this other chick uh, one time fucking attack me in the shower. I was showering at my mom's house. She came over and attacked me in the shower. I, don't know how, I ended up bleeding from that one on my back. But I can't remember exactly how. I end up bleeding. Maybe she's scared. I don't know. Haley's never hit me. No, no violence in our. Um, no, none of that shit. Uh, Heidi Kroom, uh, I, I'm not triggered yet, but I'm working on it. All right, fine. One point five. Ooh, that's the that's the uh, lowest triggered uh, yet. You guys know that that that's like the classic unconscious shit. You just don't have to react when someone's talking to your kid and you start responding for your kid. Like, shut the fuck up. Let your kid talk. If you're if your wife is talking to your kids, shut the fuck up. If your husband's talking to your kids, shut the fuck up. They're just trying to there's something so much deeper going on than just the love than the information that's being communicated. Like, what are you a fucking robot? When the lady at the restaurant asks your kid how he wants his hamburger cooked, you don't be like, you don't answer. And then when the kid says, I don't know, you let them figure it out. You let the kid fucking use his tools to figure out what does that mean, how to have the hamburger cooked. You sit, you're responding because you feel uncomfortable or you're in some sort of rush. Stop it. Stop it. That's why you never get the gold. That's why you don't have the good shit. You don't have the fucking awesome, exciting, amazing life with tons of stories because you're just forcing shit. You're like a robot. Let shit play out. Cave Dastro. 
If your kid doesn't have one million in the bank by the time you're 11, you did something wrong. I bet you Blade, one of Blade's greatest tools as a cop is just staying quiet and, and letting people fucking dig holes for themselves. Well, no, officer, this isn't my crack pipe. It's my wife's. Well, thank you, uh, Missing Tooth Man. I appreciate you. Uh, Kenneth Delap, uh, my kid is just uh, is nonverbal. There would just be awkward silence. Yeah, tons of. You know what? Um, I used to do this thing in college, where every month I wouldn't talk for a day. It was so fucking crazy. People always thought I was on mushrooms. That was like the go-to. It was in a college town. Just walk right up to the fucking cafe and try to order a cup of coffee. Just point at shit on the menu. And 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 like and they'd be like, "You want a latte?" But really, I wanted a coffee, and I would just be like. Do it. You don't have the willpower, the balls, the adventure, the the attitude of the 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 fortitude or the constitution for adventure to not talk for a day. Oh my God, Jake Chapman just said the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. You are so odd. That is so cool. Hmm. I'm savor that. Emily Kaplan's coming on today. Some of the topics we'll be talking about are uh, Dave's Week in Review, Licensure Bill, and of course, uh, Broken Science stuff, including the new website. Dude, the Roman thing's fascinating, isn't it? There's this crazy rumor that is surfacing that if it's true, it is going to be so funny. It is going to have so much meat on the bone. Listen, and for all the people like, for all you people in these camps where there's like these like kershuffles, like um, Seeley or Charlesworth or um, uh, um, the, what's, what's Roman's uh, super hot? translator agent's name now we're finding out it might be her agent his agent um rosa or or this this thing lauren khalil and uh andrew hiller andrew hiller like I, oh neely thank you neely you guys are so fucking crazy if you think anyone like you're getting your panties in a twist like someone wrote on andrew hiller's post that he's bullying lauren khalil listen If you make a post where you're pouring powder on yourself, you clearly have a good sense of humor. It's it's just ridiculous, right? It's like Red Bull gives you wings. Imagine if someone attacked Red Bull and they're like, there's no fucking way it gives you ring wings. You fucking idiot. That's horrible. They'd be like, uh, yeah, we, yeah, okay. Okay, settle down. Someone get a straight jacket for that guy. How the fuck does anyone think that Andrew having fun with Lauren pouring powder out on herself is bullying. Let me tell you what I do if I'm, if I'm at podium, but I'm a world-class marketer. I ain't no fucking chump. Uh, I would fucking immediately uh, 
Lauren make another video challenging Andrew. I would send Andrew some podium and challenge him to fucking dry scoop one. But her, I'd be like, I ain't fucking dry scooping that. You're right. I've never done that shit. How the fuck is someone saying that she could be offended by that? My goodness. My goodness. We're just going to ignore them. I I'm, I don't want to be bullied. The best thing that ever happened to fucking Lauren Khalil's account. And by the way, I don't know Lauren's take on it. Maybe she is totally cool with it. Maybe she's having fun with it too. But you idiots who saying that Andrew's bullying. And you know what's probably crazy is there's probably a whole crowd of people around Lauren, I'm guessing, who are telling her she should be offended. Bullying. Bullying. It's like, no, Lauren, you are not being bullied. You're having fun. That Listen, if you think that's bullying, you should see inside the Illuminati. We fucking ass-pound each other. We got a gay dude in there. What's his name? Taylor Self. He fucking gets destroyed. Imagine being the only gay dude in a group of just fucking dorks. Just looking to abuse someone. Bullying. Yeah, bullying. It's Armenian word. There it is. Bullying. B-O-O-L-Y-I-A-N. Bullying. Lauren is pretty cool. Okay, yeah, so maybe she doesn't give a shit. Maybe she's having fun with it. You know what would be bullying? You know what would be bullying if Andrew would have said, holy shit, Lauren, is that the way you put on your makeup too? That, that I mean, it's funny. It's funny. But that, uh, actually, that wouldn't be bullying. That would just be funny. Never mind. Uh, two gay guys in the Illuminati thread. Sorry, two gay guys. <laughs> J.R. Howell offended. Oh, wow, Gaylor Taylor. That's good shit. The whole point of the post, you guys, is that she is being absurd by pouring powder on her. I don't know why I'm telling you guys. You guys are all cool. You guys get it. but the demand but the demand everyone just go over to that andrew hiller thread and tell that guy to go away just be like hey dude stop demanding she be bullied and if she doesn't think it's bullying she's cool as shit she's in the entertainment space she knows it's funny i don't i don't know i don't know what the metrics is but let i'm going to tell you this it's something like when she posted it, it got three to 5,000 views. When Andrew posted it, it got twenty to 40,000 views. Like, thank you, Andrew. Like, just send Andrew a check. Do you fucking reach out to him and tell him he should be sponsoring Podium. Get him off that C4 shit and someone get him a fucking Podium sponsor. It's fucking retardville. We, we live with retards. Mary Mansour. Mary Mansour. But people took the opportunity to be mean in the comments of the post, even if the post itself wasn't mean. I see. That's true. Maybe there was. What do you mean? Like, hey, that's over the top or that's so cheesy or shit like that. That that shit's going to be everywhere. I'm just saying what she, what she, I, I hear you. I hear you. But what she should do. Eating beaver, blue looks good on you. Thanks. You know what's crazy? So this is what it's like working it with me. I have been bitching. I have been bitching 
to Travis for three weeks now to get me this shirt. But this shirt has been sitting on my dining room table for four weeks. So not only did he get me this shirt, but he got it to me before I even started bitching the first time. And yet I just still kept bitching. It's this one. And because I'm such a bitch, I'm going to take a bite of this chocolate dick right now on the air. No, I'm not. Thank you. Thank you, Eaton Beaver. It, my tag is out? Oh, thank you. Shit. That's how you know someone cares. Take the whole thing in your mouth, uh, Heidi Kroom. Uh, please bite the dick, Sean Lenderman. Matt Burns, deep throat. Um, not a taxidermy. Uh, I ain't queer bait, but you look nice today. Blue. Oh, so something's happening. So today in the shower, I look down and it's the flattest my stomach's been in. God, I sound like a woman. Who uses those words? Flat, flat stomach. It's the flattest my stomach's been in. Um, as far back as I can remember this, this, uh, this, this, the, you know, you know, the guy, um, SpongeBob who called in, who's got me on back on the carnivore kick. It, this shit's really working. Yeah. Not all meat, but pretty close. I did have, um, when I was in Newport, I did have, I don't know, while I was there, I didn't want to tell you guys this, but I don't know, probably anywhere between five and 50 shots of tequila. But other than that, pretty much just all meat. <clears throat> you know, um, couple fuck-ups, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy at all. You know, like at one time, maybe I had a piece of broccoli. Another time, maybe I had a handful of cashews. But I've been pretty, like... Like yesterday, when when I drove up the other day, that was hard. But all I but all I ate was meat. Carnivore is working. It's crazy working. It's crazy. And here's this other thing. I'll be completely honest with you. Like I don't want to work out. I have been working out, but I went probably the longest I ever remember not working out when I was in Newport. I went like three days. I mean, I'm I'm crazy active, but wow. Hey, so so I think it's been like three or four weeks of just meat and tequila. And now I'm home. So I'm not like last night. I didn't drink tequila last and probably I won't drink any alcohol now for a long time. I have a feeling the next month is going to be crazy. So, and it's just tequila and water. You do know alcohol is a carcinogen. I, I, yeah, I don't, I didn't know that. I just know it's bad for you. I just know it's bad for you. Yeah. Meat and tequila diet. Um, <clears throat> It's almost been exclusively cow, 99% cow. One time we went out to dinner, and, and when we go out to dinner, I don't eat anything. I just sit there. I just order tequila and water. But one night we went out to dinner, and they brought us a complimentary. What's that thing that's in the glass saucer with all the chopped up pieces of fish in it? Ceviche or something? And there was a piece of fish in there, like it, and it was the shape of a cube. And I took one cube out, and I ate it. And it tasted lemony, so I probably got some lemon juice, too. Alcohol uh, is sugar. 
Okay, well, fine. I'm just telling you. I'm just, just telling you what I'm doing, buddy. Just telling you. Meat and tequila. Not even vodka. Tequila, I, from a, ceviche is it, uh, ceviche is Italian for pussy salad. Says not a taxidermy deer. Wow. It must be weird to listen to this show because you can't tell the, some of these names are so weird. No, it's okay. I don't mind the haters. I shouldn't be drinking. I definitely shouldn't be, um, I definitely shouldn't be drinking, but I would, but, but, you know, I'm very compassionate with myself. I'm very accepting, gentle, very compassionate. Make sure you eat organ meat too. I haven't done any organ meat yet. More, more meat fat though, than I've ever eaten in my life. The other time I went, um, I did this, I was basically just eating hamburger meat. Now I'm almost eating no hamburger meat. Eric Utley, helping me justify the tequila. I hear tequila doesn't have the same effects on the bitty, bitty body like other sugar-based alcohols. I don't remember the specifics. Yeah, that's why I switched to tequila. I heard that it was the best one if you're going to do one. So I was like, okay, I'll just have tequila and water. Uh, Cave Dastro, get on 200 milligrams of TRT while you're at it. Hey, do you do that, Cave? Are you on, do you take some 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 supplements like that? Dude, I will not use nicotine. Jesus criminy. Emily will be on in seven minutes. It looks like um, I just saw. That the CrossFit Games athletes are getting jerseys. Oh, shit. Fuck. Oh. Damn it. I wanted to have an affiliate on today. This morning. We fucked that up. The show's getting way more flexible. I don't know if you guys noticed. We have multiple guests on at the same time. I'll pull people on at the last minute. And and so it requires more and more. Usually, Susan like exclusively does the scheduling for the show, like 99.99%. But all the stuff that's like last minute, I, I do all the last minute scheduling. So like um, he doesn't know Emily's coming on this morning or like when I had Jetted Eye on last minute or uh, Tater Tot, Tim Murray or um, Jethro, who's had his grand opening. Those are all just last minute and I do those. And I fucked up. I put, uh, Susan was at the gym late last night until like, fuck, 10 o'clock. He's got so many fucking programs. It's amazing. He got a kid's program that he's like so dedicated to. And then he's got the police and he's got the uh, firefighters. You could even say that this, that this podcast is a program of his. He's got help the old man with his podcast program. Yesterday, Dave released a week in review.
and uh, he said that I was he suggested that I was encouraging Greg to start a competing program with CrossFit. Those rumors have started about a competitive program to CrossFit because Greg has mentioned that his non-compete is up in nine months. You have Emily out there making a lot of content. You have that, that whatever that affiliate Instagram account is that Caleb showed us yesterday. And so Dave talked about it. So I thought it'd be cool to bring um, Emily on and hear her two tidbits about it. Keep the drama going. I tried to get Danielle Brandon on this morning. She told me she can't do between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. So I said, okay, how about a nighttime show? So what's the deal? They were, what do you think we can bet the bank on? Her and Mr. Torres were doing it and now they're not doing it? Is that the, um, it must be, it must be weird, right? Because like Cooper, he, uh, Torres acts like Cooper Marsh is his friend. And then that that's the guy that's always stuck to Danielle's hip. And then, so he's like probably caught in between the two of them. Doing what? Oh, Black John Young wants to know doing what? You, you know, it's the sex. S-E-X. They're no longer doing it. I know. Yeah, they're no longer. A cave Dastro, you think they had mutual separation? Hey, uh, Matt Burns, I bet she seduced him. Just because she seduced the rest of us, you think she seduced him? That's solid, solid thinking. I wonder what that even means, seduced. Is that just a displacement of responsibility? What does that mean, seduced? Like you wake up in the middle of the night and someone's rubbing your penis? I think that's the only way you could be seduced is if you were sleeping, seduced. Either that or it's just a seduced is um uh attract someone to a belief or into a course of action. Oh, I'm a seducer. That's all I do is try to seduce people. Sway you to my beliefs. Uh attract to a belief or into a course of action. Yeah, she can't help it. When Danielle's in homeostasis, any healthy man is seduced by her. Just like, you know what I mean? It's just like you're, like if you exercise and eat food and then she walks into the room, you're, if you're healthy, you have, you have eyes or a nose. She probably smells great too. Hey, that is a, you guys probably don't know this, but that is a huge disappointment to me when I ask him if she smells good and like, he can't just be like, I I love every scent on her. Like, I, th I think, I think something's wrong with you as a man. If, <clears throat> if you don't love every natural scent on a woman, I think something's off. Like you're just not, you're not, you're not functioning at maximum capacity. Maximum discernment, ability, sensation, appreciation, clarity. Yeah, exactly. Look at my fellow Armenian guy. I hate perfume on women. Me too. Hey, if I kiss a woman and I get like that bitter thing, you know, like you, like you bit into a banana peel, I'm like, what the fuck do you have on your face? Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, what's going on? Oh, oh, caller. Shit. Hold on, caller. Hold on. Hold on. Jeez. 
a Bluetooth, uh, disengage, disengage Bluetooth. Oh, that was crazy. Roadcaster two on. Hello, caller. Hi. Hello. 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 Hey. Hey, what's up? What's up, Will? Hey, this is Steve Blacksmith, oh. actually. Oh, hey. Oh, you're related to hey, Chandler? I'm... Chandler Blacksmith? I wish. Oh. No. But uh, I think because he's just a Smith and I'm Blacksmith. Oh. Online. Oh, shit. You guys got each other's names. <clears throat> yeah. Are you black? I'm not. Oh, you fucking stole Inside his me, name? like you. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm older than him. He stole oh. my name. Steve-on. What's up, Steve-on? <laughs> yes. Hey, I don't want to get off the uh, DBE talk, but I wanted to know if you'd be willing to speculate wildly on whether or not Greg would end up with CrossFit again uh, yes, in the yes, near future. Yes, like, yes, you, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, have, I, want, I, I think he ends up getting it for like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, they, they still don't know what they bought, and so they'll just be like, hey, can you take this back, please? Yeah. I don't, I don't know finances. I do have $174 in my wallet, but I think something happens where they're able to write it off and just give it back to them. But, hey, that flies completely in the wind of the theory that it was just bought to kill anyway. So, but, but I mean, I like, I, I, just, I completely, um, I, I, I do think at the end of the day, someone buys CrossFit back for $50 and just gives it to Greg and is like, here you go, sorry. That's what I think of the end Do you think he is. takes it? Because I know... Yeah, yeah, for fifty bucks, for fifty bucks, show, he, he totally like, takes it. For fifty bucks, he totally takes yeah. it. And then, and then, and then, and then, half of the affiliates get put on a life raft and pushed out into the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> that part, but, but I, the half that deserve it. Yeah, yeah, they, and they deserve <laughs> it. The half of them get pushed out. Yeah. Okay. And well, the game, and the games kind of... only take place in fields of wild poison oak. From now on, that is just one of the components of the games. It has to, every event that takes place in a field of poison oak. They're gonna take them out to the ranch and release a whole bunch of wild dogs. They just uh, every all, events are only done in 100 degree heat or more. That becomes the, the there's gonna be a new. Greg actually is working on it now. A new facet of constantly varied or adaptation, and it's to be able to work out on Mars. He's working on it with Elon. Severe heat conditions. That's a, yeah, that's a great plan. There is it'll bring back that lost grit. Hey, here's here's what I, it took me a long time to uh, uncover, but here's here are the two things. That thing that Greg did where he where he made CrossFit it, its brand doing the um the correction of the public health record, that really is what separates us from from every that's what separated us as a group from everyone else. We had just a fucking leader who would court uh correct the public record on health. And of course the public record wouldn't change. They hated him and feared him for it, right? Um, Coca-Cola doesn't want him saying you can't exercise away a can of Coke. People don't want him saying a squat below parallel, all that shit, right? Proving them all wrong. Um, but he did that, and um, no one else will ever do that for three reasons. They don't care, they don't know, and they're scared. And so in that respect, if yeah, it's gone. It's I really I have this epiphany once a month that CrossFit's gone. And and then and then I forget for 29 days and it comes back, but I'm kind of in that mode now. CrossFit's gone. And when I hear people say it's not all about one man, I'm like, yep, yeah, it's gone. Those are the kind of things that, or they start talking about the community and blah, blah. It's like, eh. Like, yeah. like, like Jedediah is still a man without legs, right? But if you chop off his head, uh, he's no longer a man.
and then we don't have the head. We don't have the head. <clears throat> but it's still fun. I still like it. It's it's, it's fun like watching it like I'm enjoying the the whole process of watching it flounder around and like us try to figure out what we're doing and the drama and I Do you like, think there's a chance that somebody comes in and recognizes what's missing and and tries to stand in for Greg in the same way? Uh, that would be cool too. That would be fucking crazy to see that. That'd be awesome. But you would have. I mean, anybody you with a see, business degree, obviously. But hey, dude, what Elon's doing at Twitter is like a one in a billion. Like it's so fucking bizarre to see someone come in and re re. Who would have ever thought Twitter would be free again? I mean, that's. I don't know if anyone can do what Greg did. Here's the I don't know. Th I mean, here's the thing. That's kind of like saying that's kind of like saying the Beatles are the, the 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 pinnacle of music, right? Like, no, they just hit it at the right time. Somebody was going to come in and do that anyway. They were just the first ones to get there. So, Greg, you could make the argument that like Greg was the first one to get there, but he's not the only person that would recognize something like this, right? He's definitely not the only person who would, who recognized something like this. But um, the other people were. It's taking these these roots of like writing books about it or getting up in front of speaking to people like I feel like most of the people who who stumbled upon what Greg stumbled upon were like in a whole different realm you know what I mean like they were fucking buried somewhere mm -hmm. on the 18th floor of some building at Stanford and and you get this guy who um uh, used to do uh business with the uh, he you, you know it's funny this is totally off subject. I've had this, I've been using this hell's angels metaphor that keeps getting misconstrued for people who don't understand how metaphors work. But um, what's funny is Greg used to work with the hell's angels very closely. Not my story to tell for many years. And you get this guy who uh, is affiliated with that kind of lifestyle who stumbles upon the truth and he's got some shit to say. And I just, I hear you about the Beatles thing, but dude, I don't know, man. A lot of things had to align for this fucking cantankerous motherfucker to come out. I mean, he, even the thing going on with his leg and the fact that he got a fucking chip on his shoulder and something to prove to the world, like, fuck you, hold my beer. It, 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 it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Like, most people would crumble. Anyway, thank you for calling. Well, it'll be, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, have a great day. Okay. Love bye. you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Hi. Bye. Hi. Every uh, ESC Sound, Sevon, we would like to sign a $1 million sponsorship agreement with you. We will be dropping all of our athletes tomorrow, and we've realized the power of your podcast. Like Paper Street Coffee, we know we will skyrocket to the top of audio performance tools in the space like Paper Street did with its coffee. Thank you for everything you do. We will be contacting your lawyer shortly. Holy shit, thank you. Oh, my God. Uh, ESC sounds copper has an amazing ability to always do the right thing by everyone, even in the most complex of situations. Oh, Cooper. Oh, Cooper. Oh, some love for uh, Cooper. Okay. Cooper's, uh, Daniel Brandon's uh, agent and, uh, Josh Bridges whipping boy. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Fair enough. Love for Cooper. Cooper Marsh. We just got married. I was falsely accused of encouraging Greg to by the dave castro i think we both were i and mean he's i was not named but i feel like when you say inner circle i think that's just you and me sebi <laughs> i threw you under the bus on my review i'm like not me maybe that book lady <laughs> i ain't doing that
I ain't encouraging him. I like Greg just the way he is. But if he did, it would be good for my podcast. Well, good. So I'm not I opposed to it. Anytime, they opposed say, anytime it. your name is mentioned, it's good. I don't know if that's always true, but, you know, ride the wave. Uh, su- super, super duper big picture. Um, uh, uh, CrossFit's a good thing. If Greg were to start something, it would be a good thing. And um, society as a whole would benefit from uh, two organizations who are encouraging people to move and, um, and, and eat healthy. Sure. And I mean, I think there's so much that CrossFit's not doing anymore, right? I mean, sure. you yeah. and I talked yeah. a little yeah. bit about yeah. the licensure stuff, but like, yep. clearly they got rid of Brett. I talked to Brett over there, reached out to him over the weekend to sort of get some clarity on some of those things. Like he, he's, I was like, I wonder if they're going to come back to you now that. Who's Brett? All Brett, the lobbyist. Oh, 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 he doesn't work there anymore? No, they laid him off. Oh, wow. They don't have anybody who's looking for state bills, problems with licensure stuff. So I feel like we've talked about this a little but and Greg and I have certainly talked about it a lot. But like when they settled the NSCA case, it became just like a matter of time before those bills came back because no one's guarding the, the watchtower is what I like to say, right? Like Brett spent every day looking at local bills. So like, that's not easy. You have to find like the state legislature, right? Or the community board that's going to say that you have to have some sort of, you know, certification run through the state. In California, it sounds like it's going to be under medical boards, which we know post-COVID is hugely problematic. And I know I'm jumping right into this. So I don't, you can no, 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 no. I like this. Let's go. I mean, I think it's really important for people to, you know, that was not, uh, you know, from if we look back and we do an autopsy on like things that were great under Greg and things that were not great under Greg, Greg spent so much time and effort and you all did too, traveling the country, right? I mean, the whole Soto tutor, like tour, educating everybody on issues of who was coming after you, who was funding that, what that was all about. That was, uh, I mean, legislate, litigate, educate, validate that, that was what he thought his job was. I don't see that now. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but they got rid of the one person whose job it was, was to look out for those bills. We know there's a huge interest in getting control over those bills because it does two things. It makes it very hard to be a CrossFit trainer, punishable by a year in prison, thousands of dollars in fines. I cannot say that enough. That was a bill that would have passed if you all hadn't challenged it and Greg hadn't paid millions of dollars to fight it. But it also is this whole registered dietitian thing that a lot of people don't understand. Many states have laws on the books that you have to be a registered dietitian in order to give any nutrition advice. And actually there's some of them are so crazy. I used to have a list of all of them. I could probably find, but like it's either Maine or New Hampshire is so rigid that I remember reading the law and thinking, so like a mom can't tell her kid what to Mm, eat. mm, mm. And those are all paid for because it's this whole, you know, I think sort of like shaming campaign. That's like, if you just move more, you can eat whatever you want. Guess who that's paid for? And Greg saw through all of that and had an amazing team of really talented people who could fight that and call it out. And so these licensure bills that are coming back, like, I mean, they're coming back way worse, way more harsh than they were under Greg. Well, is that surprising at all? No, they know that the current regime has no interest in that. They're trying, I mean, they're claiming they didn't make a profit. They're not going to spend $40 million fighting this. And the truth is a lot of these bills that are going to pass, the one in California looks like it goes into effect 2028. The likelihood that 
Berkshire still owns CrossFit in 2028. Like it's not an invest. It's a long-term investment. They're not doing that. So, I mean, I think, you know, without getting into just like based on what, you know, Dave was saying, like Greg would never do this. Greg feels hugely responsible for the affiliates still and very proud of the work that they do. I mean, I think he's pretty clear about like, even when we were at the games and, you know, the line of people was hours long and he was exhausted. He did, Dave did say that. He did say, Greg does, I know Greg does care about the affiliates and does care about the people. He did say right. that at the, at the end. So, I mean, I think it's also important to remember that like, you know, when Greg started all of this, he said he didn't want to do it. And mm -hmm. he said he didn't want affiliate. Like he didn't want to have anything to do with that. And basically it was the affiliates that pushed it on him and said, look, we're using your methodology. We'd really like to be able to give you credit and call this something. And so like, you know, sorry, the non-competes up in August. And if there's enough pressure, I mean, Dave says there's pressure from us, right? Which there's not. And you and I both know that if Greg doesn't want to do something, he will not do it. So like that's a and Dave knows that that's a throwaway comment, but I Dave also, did, but Greg has said though on the show that he would help someone if they decided to do something. He said, I'm not interested in running it, but if someone needed help that he would help them. Yeah, of course, because he wants to see this succeed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's failing specific, specifically the affiliates. He wants to see the affiliates be successful. He, I mean, I think Greg still believes that it's, you know, the solution to the world's most vexing problem. Yeah, yeah, of course. You kind of have some integrity and you have a way of helping people get that message to more people. You have a duty to do that. Right? Yeah, 100%. And and we know we know Greg and Dave knows Greg. Greg's not going to stay still. Greg's no, not going to buy a fishing he's not going to buy a fishing pole and no. and be like, "Hey, I'm pivoting to fucking um uh, river fishing." Like this like he's going to do what Greg that. what Greg does. Yeah. Do you remember that when he went fishing and he called me and he's like, I'm now a certified fisherman. And I was like, great. How's that for you? And he was like, I don't think I need to fish again. for a long Right, time. right. He's on. I'm never fishing again. Uh, Anthony, a TPA option B from yesterday, Sevy. Oh, I forget. Uh, oh, um, oh, oh, okay. That slogan will save CrossFit and reignite Greg's book. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yesterday we did a poll. CrossFit put out this thing that loneliness causes sickness. Yeah, like I saw CrossFit that. can cure loneliness. And so I said, uh, I, I did a poll yesterday. Do you think CrossFit is more effective at curing loneliness or more effective at making your chick's tits small, exercising your tits away? And it was 70% of the people said it reduces breast size, um, is more, uh, is a stronger quality or more likely to happen than reduce your loneliness. 30% oh, thought loneliness. Yeah. Very scientific of you. It, it, uh, I had 375 experts in the audience weigh in on it. I think we need to validate those results. Yeah. I, w and, and obviously my point is being, is, is like, I hate to see any of this dumb shit, like the loneliness or the, the breast size, or it's like, yeah, CrossFit kills, cures all feelings. You feeling happy? Let me give you a hundred burpees. It'll cure that too. Like, like, come on, man. I Stop. got into a back and forth with somebody that Hiller had a post about it. Yeah. And there was somebody, I said something about how like, you know, loneliness doesn't make you sick, but being sick may make you lonely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so CrossFit cures for both of those things. And then there was somebody who was basically trying to say to me that like the research, there's lots of research that like you can stress yourself out and your cortisol levels will increase. And I was like, there is absolutely no research of anybody who's eating a low carb diet, doing high intensity functional movements regularly, mm -hmm. right? who's stressing themselves out so much that their cortisol levels are up. 
right, you're doing right, that right. protocol, if you're following yeah. the methodology, your cortisol levels will not be stressed out, right? Yeah. And you won't be lonely. So it, it's cause and effect kind of thing, right? Like go to the root cause. What's the root cause? Well, if you're metabolically deranged, you're severely overweight or you're in, let's say you're in good shape, but you're eating a high sugar diet and your body's super taxed and you're exhausted, you might feel really fucking lonely. And right? I don't, I, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. And I don't mind anecdotal stuff. I don't mind like, Hey, um, uh, I'm 75 years old. My husband died and I started going to a CrossFit gym and I can't believe all the friends I've made. And I was so lonely sitting at home and now I've made the best friends of my life. And I have, a, I feel like I have a second lease on life. I fucking mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. Got it. But to present it in in the in, in a way that makes it so it's uh, observable, measurable, repeatable, and put it up there with what CrossFit really is and the definition of fitness, I I think you've, you're watering down your shit. Uh, if you think this bill is nothing, remember what started as 15 days to the slow spread. Totally. Graciano Rubio. You want to explain, expand on what he's saying there? Yeah, so, I mean, I think he's talking about, like, COVID, basically mm -hmm. saying, like, hey, just stay home for 15 days. We have a medical board in California that's going to re regulate athletic training, right? What does that mean? It's totally arbitrary. And through COVID, we saw this really interesting, I mean, from a sort of political standpoint, and certainly from all the work that I'm doing on censorship, it's fascinating to see how local health departments were completely weaponized, right? So local health departments are not elected officials. Those are people who are appointed. So they don't represent the populace, which is really important when you're thinking about who you're giving power and control to. It should be people that we have selected that represent us, right? So the local health departments became these, probably the most powerful local government agencies through COVID in ways that like they were never designed to be right to the point where like they could get the governor and the health department in some states had the right to shut off your electricity. If you violated their protocols, like that is <laughs> in the United States. And so I think his point is like, we know how this goes, right? That was all medical boards that are saying like for the safety of everybody. And I mean, they're criminalizing free speech in Europe right now. No one is talking about that. So it's not, these issues haven't gone away. I think they're really proof of concept of what the government can get away with. And we should absolutely expect them to come back. So something like this, licensure of personal trainers, like no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to care except for the people in the trenches. And the people in the trenches are going to say like, oh, well, if you have a nationally accredited certification like the NSCA or the ACSM, what you will approve you. But what is this CrossFit thing? It causes injuries. I'm a doctor. I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to approve that. You don't have an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology. And you're out there telling people to lift really heavy weight and move their body fast. Like that's a and, and not eat refined carbs. Right. And not eat, not follow the standard American diet, which is the whole right. registered dietitian thing that people don't seem to understand, which is that like, to become a registered dietitian, you have to do an internship at a hospital. There's a lot of requirements. I mean, it's a multi-year program you have to do. But you have to, to prescribe the, you know, American guidelines. That it, it's part of, you know, Nina Teicholz does a really good job of explaining how those guidelines are really the government telling us what to eat. But they're also like what the military is fed. What If you're in a coma or a car accident or whatever, you go to the hospital, that's what you're getting. It's that breakdown of macronutrients, right? And if you're a dietitian, that's what you have to prescribe. That, like, Or you risk losing your license. So for a medical board to say, hey, and this is happening in Canada, I now have two 
CrossFit. And actually, if there's more people, I would love to hear from you. Um, affiliates who have gotten cease and desist letters, one's outside of Toronto and one is outside of um, Quebec or in Quebec. And they've gotten letters basically saying like, hey, it appears as though you're giving nutrition advice. One of them had Jason Fung's book as a recommendation on his website. And wow. the cease and letter said, it looks like you're telling people to fast and giving nutrition advice. This is against the rules. Take that down right now. And like, just by the way, we're watching you. That's already happening, right? Uh, by the way, uh, I was on a podcast two years ago, Coffee Pods and Wads, and I got a note from the uh, owner of that podcast today that YouTube, someone's scouring his work, and someone went and pointed out, hey, at 2259, uh, the person you had on the podcast said something that's against WHO guidelines and we pulled down your podcast. That's from two years ago. They pulled down my podcast with a guy. And what you're saying in Canada is gyms are being threatened because they're suggesting a book that suggests fasting. Fucking right. Like you not. have a book club, right? And you yeah. say, hey, people should read this book. Yeah. Like, so anybody who thinks this isn't like very closely down the line is totally missing the boat. And the fact that I mean, so to go back to the week in review stuff, I feel like this idea of like, A, blaming Greg, which I think is just like total entitlement and weird cop out and also not at all in line with the sort of ethos of CrossFit, like take yes. personal responsibility, yes, yes, yes. have yes. ownership over your own yes. destiny, yes. work hard, leave the place better than you found it. All that shit is like, oh, well, daddy left. And so, you know, like, we're, let's all blame him and not those of us who are still working here. Yes. That was a weird, weird line. But I will say as somebody who, you know, has helped a lot of people who have been canceled and has become somewhat sophisticated in campaigns there, that was a talking point that somebody else was pushing around two weeks ago. What, what, what talking point? The one that Dave abandoned us. Oh, we should blame him for the situation we're in right now. Can you tell me who? I'd rather not because I don't okay. want to even into a bigger thing. But there's three wow. people now who I've heard who are and didn't you tell me that um I've talked I've about been, that honestly on my like really into what how Greg invested his money. He was also Oh, oh yeah, that guy Andrew Charlesworth is a fucking nutter. So if you have three people, that's a yeah, pattern. He, yeah, that and guy was demanding that guy was demanding to know how Greg spent his money after he sold it. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Mind your own fucking business. Well, like you talk about entitlement, we're going to share with you Greg's investment strategy. Like, yeah, so weird. Um, I, I want to find this, uh, post, um, uh, it's from Nicole Carroll and it says, um, here it goes. This is from CrossFit, uh, 19 hours ago. Okay. The people attracted to CrossFit understood the uncompromising work hard and be better values we signaled. They understood that the best thing in life comes from deep accountability. And it's right? interesting. Right. So that's what we are. We're, we're an organization. We're a group of people who believe in deep accountability and personal responsibility. And so that what I see what you're saying. It is weird to be like, hey, I, I don't mind Greg. I don't mind Dave correcting the record. I do think it's very important to say that Greg did make the decision to sell the company. Okay, but can I but add to blame to him for? Yeah, please go ahead. Please. Okay, so yes, of course he decided to sell the company, yeah, and of course yeah. he made a lot of money, and like yeah. that's all. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. right? He should have made more. Yeah, 
But I think you have to go back a little bit and like, remember what that was like. So you had most people in his. Uh, I hear you, but now you're just, I hear you. I hear you. I'm wondering if anybody, Dave, is accused of rape, sexual harassment, like criminal charges that you go to prison for. Right. Okay, right. Your inner circle isn't standing up for you. In fact, people in the executive team are quitting and trying to get other employees to walk out and calling them racist. Right. They don't walk out. Like you're. And there was a piece of shit out there. There was a piece of shit out there that was that had hired a lawyer and was going around calling people being like do you want to start a class action lawsuit against greg it doesn't even matter if you have a story or not let's just come right. up with some shit yeah there were the people where, like, I doing know that. yeah down yeah there's a piece of shit out there that fucking i hope his karma fucking gets him big time so there i mean like, he doesn't have to remember really like, bad shit. Of, like greg would fight the everybody and i mean right. i said this okay you're right i forgot you're right world sure but like when the people who are you know, and I don't think that Greg would expect anybody to like truly put their neck out for them. But let's be honest, you and I were talking all the time. You were getting slammed in the media too. And you were willing to be a source for me when I was saying like, I need a couple employees who are willing to counter some of these claims or it does sound weird, right? Like it sounds yeah, like yeah. one's going to get his back. And yeah. there were five female employees and you, and that was it. So I can't, I have very low tolerance for this idea of like, oh, we would have been fine and we were through it. I was working to protect you, uh, a lot of people who are still at the company who I'm not going to name, right? And Greg from being in those stories through February of the next year. So we were not out of the woods. When the sale closed, those stories were still, that people were still trying to push those stories because they got a lot, look at the CrossFit audience. Any story you write about CrossFit gets a lot of clicks. Right stories were still coming and they the people who were the sources behind it had basically burned their relationship with a lot of the big media like the new york times because we'd proven that they were lying and so then they were going to shittier publications and it actually made it harder because those places have even worse standards so i would call and say like hey guys got this wrong these other call the new york times they decided not to run these stories because they know it's all false and they would say like, well, that you know, it's your job to say that. And I would say it sure is, but let me provide you with some proof, right? And we had all the pictures and we had all the stuff. And it's like, though they didn't run because they would have gotten sued and they would have lost. And somebody higher up basically said like, this is, we cannot do this. Like they're on top of this. They're going to prove that we knowingly published something that was false, which is defamation, right? But and, and also not woman, we like, not one woman win. came forward or man came forward to that attorney, by the way, even, even with them calling shitloads of people, no one came forward. I just want no, to reiterate man. that. No one came I'm forward sure. and was like, Greg did this. That's why there are no stories. Cause there, cause there were no stories. And for anyone who's like, well, I want to see the NDAs or all that stuff. Hey, you can't fucking have someone sign an NDA and, 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 and shut them up if something fucking horrible happened to them. No, I, I hate that. And I think that's horrible. I, when people say that, it makes me so upset because somebody who is raped, right, or is sexually harassed, hears that and they think, oh, my God, I signed an NDA. I shouldn't come forward. I'll be in trouble. That's not how this works. And it's really, really important to clarify that. If you sign an NDA, it's a contract. It's a private contract, right, with a company that is never going to be more powerful than the law of the land. If you commit a criminal act, that is going to supersede any personal contract. So like I can't hire somebody to be or like put somebody as a slave in my basement and make them sign a contract saying that they're never going to say that I had labor violations. The labor violations, 
the state that I live in and the country that I live in will supersede any agreement that I force or have or willingly have somebody sign. That's yeah. So that's total bullshit. I'm going to read this to you. The bill, the bill is for Cal in California. Uh, the bill is for California, who is the only state without these regulations on athletic trainers. So saying it's a stepping stone when it's the 50th state to do it is disingenuous at best. I don't, I don't agree with that last line, but, but no, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that is true. I wonder if it is the last state to get this, but it, but it doesn't discredit anything you're saying. I don't think, I don't think. No, because what they do is they make these bills and then they add in little things afterwards, right? So the California bill is written. I mean, we've gone through it. It's pretty vague in some of the language. Very and vague. Not defining athletic trainer as like only people who work for professional sports teams or high school sports teams. It's really broad. And so that will allow them to then create all kinds of caveats and carve outs really easily. It's far harder to get the first bill done. And I asked Brett about the California bill and he said, I, he actually said to me, I'm sort of surprised that they haven't gotten it to the personal trainer level all the way through already because they've been working on it for a long time. Who's behind it? Just someone who's behind it. Well, I don't know. I mean, in the past, we know it was SOTA and NSCA. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I haven't done enough research to know that that's, the and, and then, I don't know why it wouldn't be. And whoever gets behind it, it's a, it's a $34 million windfall. And how I came up with that number is, you make every uh, trainer in the United in the United States three hundred forty thousand of them register at a hundred bucks a pop, and in right away you got thirty four million bucks. Yeah, but that's nothing compared to the advantage that you'll get from being able to control what people can give for nutrition advice, and right. that's part of it, really. Uh, Sean Sullivan, uh, Mr. Mike Albin, the government is always incremental in taking control of things. The slippery slope is undefeated. Uh, high carb diet uh, causes loneliness. You know, what's funny about that, too, is saying that CrossFit cures loneliness is the same way saying a six pack of beer cures loneliness. And it does. Just you just <laughs> need one a night, one a night. Much easier than going to your CrossFit gym. Uh, Halpin, uh, Sean, it's the 50th state. The bill is a catch up on other states and has nothing to do with CrossFit. It's for medical athletic trainers that work with school sports. OK, so we're on different pages than Mike. Well, I think he's just looking at it on the surface. He maybe doesn't have the institutional knowledge to know that like that's how these things start. And then they progress to include more and more things. Right. So oftentimes these licensure bills come through on the athletic trainer boat or they come in through like massage therapists and acupuncturists and people who are touching people's bodies. So there's sort of these two camps of ways of getting it in there and a list of people that need to be regulated more. What what happened? Wasn't there something in Michigan going down right now also? Yeah. So there's a there's some stuff in Michigan that looks very similar to what they had. And like, I think it was like 2013 or 2010. It was a while ago and CrossFit successfully knocked it down. And it looks like it's basically the same thing, like copy paste. And they're going to try and push it through again. Uh, I don't I don't understand the Sevy getting slammed or was he doing the slamming? I can't remember what that was in reference to. Sorry, I'm behind on the comments. I think it's your media coverage, maybe. I think Sevy got slammed a lot, but I oh, think or was he doing the slamming? Now I'm doing now I'm doing the slamming. Thank you. Uh Halpin is not buying the uh slippery slope, says uh Fondal. It's a beautiful name. What's is the slippery it? slope? 
is that Asian? He's not buying the slippery slope that like, hey, it starts off with the athletic trainers and then it moves to the gym trainers. And then next thing you know, we're all uh, drinking Gatorade and not squatting below parallel. I fully okay. believe the slippery slope. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go back and look. There's time. I don't know if Ross has taken it down, but all the battle stuff that the Russes did pretty well documents all of that. Um, if anybody's interested in reading like what was on the docket and what was taken, you know, apart by CrossFit and CrossFit affiliates. I mean, there was a Massachusetts, there was a huge, you know, contingent of CrossFit affiliates that went to the Capitol to protest the bills. And it was huge. I mean, th there was a lot of community involvement around all of that, but it was a long time ago. And I think people, I don't know, in the more recent years, people don't talk about it so much. Um, did you see the state of the industry report? Only the part you sent me. Okay. I, I um I want to um th there's a page in here and it's page um fifty-eight. I apologize that that I'm not pulling it up for you to see. And um it says in here that um there was a question and it was uh regarding crossfit's approval rating and this was this was done uh, right right around games time this survey uh, th th things were they pretty conducted hot. the survey around that time yeah yeah okay and uh, it's done by two brain business and it's the it's the biggest survey of of sorts in, in the world by far there's not even a close it's a 14 and it's all gyms not just crossfit yeah all gyms i think let's say let's for rough numbers it's fifteen thousand gyms and half of them are crossfit let's say okay, okay. 89.7% of gym owners in the CrossFit category who are currently affiliated feel confident about the future of the brand. That was one of the choices. Was this after Greg went to the games? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's a good mm -hmm. question. I think so. Yes. Interesting. Because I heard from a lot of people that that was the best indicator that they had that CrossFit was going to be okay. Um, uh, 28% of formally affiliated gym owners are confident in the future of the brand. That was also a choice. 1% of respondents said they do not feel confident about the future of the brand. And 1%. Uh, 1%. And 23.6% uh, uh, strength and conditioning gyms had the highest rate of former CrossFit affiliation. So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I think that, that what that's saying is, is that um, 23% of currently running strength and conditioning gyms were formerly CrossFit gyms. But this is the part that really trips That's me out. That's the market segment, right? So yes. then you're looking at like the total population of all strength and conditioning outlets. And they're saying 23% of them used to be? Yeah, I think so. Strength and conditioning gyms had the highest rate of former CrossFit affiliation. So of all the gyms out there that aren't CrossFit aff affiliates now, um, the, the highest rate that used to be CrossFit gyms or strength and conditioning gyms. I don't even, that's a, a weird stat, but here's the yeah. one that I want to get, I want to read to you. 9% of the respondents were hopeful for the return of Greg Glassman. Now here's what's weird. That wasn't a choice. Those people had to write that in. In this entire uh, survey, Greg Glassman's name was never mentioned once in the state you of- You mean the, like uh, when you vote for president and you write like- Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Well, that's powerful. That's fucking nuts. It, yeah, I mean, it's that's hard to nuts. understand because you think if it had been a question, 
what would the percentage have been, right? Like most people fill those surveys out really fast and don't think much of them. Yeah. To take the time to write something in is very significant. I mean, I don't know enough about yeah. surveys, but I would think that that's something to take seriously. Uh, uh, dildo, uh, watching this podcast should make you CFL one certified. Uh, Paul Peters, I think Emily has bigger nuts than you seven. I don't think so. Uh, metaphorically speaking, she for sure does. Are you fucking kidding me? Twice everything I have. Oh, stop. Uh, surveys aren't science. Of course. Thank you. That's true. Thank you. I, I was telling, I was explaining that to my friend Travis yet the other day. We were we were fighting. Um, do do you the think surveys are great jumping off points for doing research? I think that needs to be said, right? Yeah. They're indications of something. They're not conclusive in any way, but they give you a temperature read that allows you to generate a hypothesis and then actually test it. So you would say from something like this, that's a huge indicator. What? How would we test it? Well, we'd go back out and we'd say. You know, we interview people or we'd say, like, Greg's starting a new thing. Would you jump ship? Would you join both? What would you do? And you get data on that and figure out how reliable the indicator was. Do, do you think there's um, uh, two, two organizations like CrossFit could exist? Sure. Could, I mean, think I think the other thing that bothers me is this whole idea of, like, I'd be disappointed if when, and again, like, just to be clear, like I, I have, I'm the only full-time employee. I have my hands full with broken science stuff. Like I'm not pushing Greg to do anything he doesn't want to do. Like, I don't want to, like, I definitely took that as a shot and I want to clarify that, but I also. Explain I think, that to me. Explain that to me. You think, you, explain I think that to me. What you heard. Of, you know, there's a lot of, Davis very smart and strategic. Yeah. And when he is saying things like i love greg he's my like my best friend but like he yeah. left us and he we yeah. should all blame yeah. him for the problems like people should see through that yeah right but i also think things like blaming you and i i mean i wasn't named maybe i'm now throwing myself in the fire and maybe he was talking about maggie or somebody i don't know right but like maggie fit maggie fit maggie, <laughs> there aren't that many of us in that circle but i think um <clears throat> in terms of this idea of like you know, Greg signed a contract that got him $200 million. And for four years, he had to not be part of fitness, but he was allowed to be part of health. So like we had a carve out, which also was always interesting to me. Like they don't think fitness is a part of health mm -hmm. anyway. So you sell your company. It doesn't mean like you can never do that thing that you're an expert in again. They give you the terms of your non-compete for a very specific reason, four years was super short. And maybe that's because they thought he was toast, right? And that he was, nobody would ever be interested in him again, because there was a misunderstanding with the new owners of, you know, how serious and how many people were actually against Greg versus the reality of wasn't that many. Um, so maybe they think they didn't think they needed a longer non-compete, but like 10 years, like you have a $200 million investment. Like I'd say slap 10 years, try to get 20. Like I would get as much as I could. They didn't right. do that. Right. So the onus isn't on Greg to be like, I'm out of integrity. I know I could create something better, but I'm not going to because I have friends that work at the company still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's driving, you know, like the Titanic is going down. BSI, BSI. Here. Should I use them? Oh yeah. no, I shouldn't because it might look like I'm trying to compete. 
It's like that the non-compete is there to hold you to that. The duration of time is a part of what you pay for. Right. So you want a longer non-compete, you get more money. I'll send Dave an email right now, a BSI forward slash job application. <laughs> he could he could work uh, at both. You companies. think Dave would like it if I was his boss? He would love that. Uh, he I don't would know love that. Someone that. someone said you use a strap on in here. Dave would love that. Yes, I should have brought that comment. Up. Hey, um, tell me, tell me what is going on with BSI. So, so, uh, so much. I, had, I had a vague, I had a vague understanding that you kind of unfucked me on the other day that I was going to have an opportunity to film, um, in March, the first test run BSI seminar. And then I spoke to you and you were like, I, you, I think you were course correcting me on what that is actually going to be. Can you tell me? And this well, thing yeah, in March isn't open public. for the public, right? It's not. I it's thought it originally was public. not it's open for the public. Small. Yeah, yes. we're inviting. I mean, it's really it's it's a test run. Okay. But um, it's so there's this guy Gerd Gigerenzer that we're kind of obsessed with, who I mm -hmm. had dinner with at Princeton last year, um, okay. last spring, and he's amazing. <clears throat> I mean, he's at the Max Planck Institute. He's probably the best communicator on a lot of this stuff that I've ever heard. Um, he just, his background is in psychology and he has spent a lot of time. His most recent book, which I'm like halfway through is all about risk and how our brains get like sort of triggered to be emotional, but that you have to really find ways of extricating the emotion and looking at data and reminding yourself of like, what is the real risk? So, um, but he also has three papers that we push on everybody that are on P values, which nobody wants to talk about, but because they think they're boring. But he actually is, does a really good job explaining that. So we're thrilled that he's going to come and you be a speaker. There's someone in the world that's good at explaining p-values. I'd love to hear this. Yeah, he is. I mean, he calls them rituals. And so he basically okay. he talks a lot we about how statistically, you know, they're supposed to be this measure of certainty, but they're yeah. not. I mean, we on a high level, that's what they do, right? You have the null hypothesis and then you have the intervention. And you're supposed to be saying, is there a significant difference between these two? Null just means none, right? So it means like there's no change. But there, I mean, part of the problem is that like you're not measuring the null hypothesis. You're assuming the null hypothesis is true. So you're going from a flawed basis on that. But in this sort of comparative analysis, we have through in medicine pervasively said that this is a we're validating that this intervention works. That's not what it does. It's just looking at is there a difference between this group and this group? The difference could be anything, right? And so it's a statistical tool that was designed for a certain thing. And it's basically been like appropriated mm -hmm. into medicine. And people think it like it determines like if something can be replicated. It has nothing to do with that. And so Gigerenzer calls it a ritual, which I love because it's yeah. basically it's a ritual, right? Like yeah. if you think of a, some sort of like religious ritual or rite, it means like we've all we've all believed that like when it rains, the gods are mad at us. It's a superstition right? even. Right. And so it only has the power of the belief that we're putting into it. It has none of that if you dispel that and you look at it for what it actually is. Um, but he's also just a great storyteller. I mean, he's a lot like Greg in that way. He can take really complex information and make it accessible to people. Um, and then we have Anton coming, Anton Garrett, who is also, I would say, a great communicator, very high level physicist new stove david stove and et james which was kind of amazing this is sort of a funny story when we had our event in march last year which was great um you know and we like 
sold out really fast. And it was a lot of management on the event side. And Haley was hugely helpful with all of that too. But I got this email from this guy who, you know, went on our website and he emails me and he's like, Hey, this is a really interesting project. I knew David Stove and I was very close with E.T. Janes. Now, Stove lived in Australia. Janes was at Oxford and, you know, and then in the United States. But we didn't know anybody who knew both of them, right? Like Greg sort of made this connection between both of them. And then that's how he found Briggs because he Googled David Stove, oh, some line oh, from Stove, oh, and he found right. that Briggs had written about them both. And so that was really exciting because we didn't even know that anybody had, you know, intellectually connected the two of them. Um, and so... <laughs> I was like, is somebody pranking me? Like nobody knew both of these men who are both dead in real life. And so James Franklin, who's um, Stove's literary executor, who I've gotten to know really well, I emailed him and I was like, have you ever heard of this guy before? Because he's emailing me and I don't know if it's like some friend with a silly sense of humor trying to pretend <laughs> that there's somebody out there. And he was like, oh yeah, he does know both of them. And so we flew him out really last minute to Arizona and met with him. And I interviewed him for a show that I'm going to be launching probably end of January. Um, How old is that guy? I'm bad with men and age, okay. but I was okay. like maybe seventies. Crazy, crazy that he knew both of them. Crazy and great stories. And his own work is pretty fantastic. So he's going to do a talk also, and Greg's going to do a talk. And then Sunday, I think the plan is we're going to have like grills and breakfast and then do a workout and then have like this sort of like open discussion, which I think I'm leading on like sort of what do we know and what do we not know? I want to get into the Dalbert case, which I'm really interested in, which sort of defines science, but it has a lot of tests of consensus. But I think it's also an opportunity for us to learn what we don't know. And so I think we're at the point where. So it's not a it's not a test run on the seminar. Well, it is in the, okay. the, the day of speakers is now we're not going to be able to get Anton and Gigerenzer to come, right? That's not feasible. To, to every single one. Like if they right. start, start doing the material, right? we'll be able to use the material. And I mean, okay. part of the reason I want you filming is because I think we'll be able to use the video and courses online as okay. well as like sort of trying to distill down what are the most important points? Because, you know, this is really about critical thinking. It's about understanding science, but it's also about like, how do you decipher bullshit from real stuff? And these are the pe best people in the world to explain that to people. So we're keeping it really small in part because we're really, the people who are coming are very high level and knowledgeable in part so that they can give us feedback on like, well, guys, you got that wrong. Or like, this is a better way to communicate it. Or here's another example. Um, and so it's sort of going to be like a workshop in that way. Um, but the goal certainly is to develop all of that into a sort of, you know, seminar Court, one day weekend course where people can come and really learn what science is and what it isn't and how that's applicable to everything in your life. Um, uh, I, I was describing it as a um, uh, discernment uh, seminar. Hold on one second. Um, uh, Paul, listen, I think Sevi has checked out and is thinking of eating pasta while she talks. Listen, you can say all the crazy shit you want. You can have fun. But if you start doing like personal attacks and shit, like some of the shit you're saying is just over the top. So, so be cool. Like you can make fun of stuff and like, joke but if you start getting too crazy dude like stuff that you wouldn't say to someone's face in the in the living room of their house um you, you gotta go dude so just but if it's about I, me i'll fucking find you in the living room of your house so yeah, say it's okay. i i appreciate i appreciate the 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 the, the a, 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 i appreciate the humor in the text yeah of course i'd say it good okay good you fucking pussy uh <laughs> 
the commenters over on Facebook are getting out of hand. Yeah. It's just like, hey, dude, like we allow a um, we allow a lot of shit here, but you got to be you got to be semi chill. Use some use some discernment. I think of it when I describe what a BSI is doing, I think of it as giving the people. What did you call I give it? I talked about it as giving people the tools to discern on their own whether something passes like the sniff test. Like, is it true? Like if, if someone's like, hey, you should take this injection. It, you, if you fo- that you can take this seminar and be like, okay, these are the questions you should be asking mm-hmm. in order to decide whether you should do it. Or if someone says, Hey, um, yeah, or even just how to read stuff. Right. I mean, I think like I've been doing all these sort of silly little explainer videos. Mm-hmm. I think we have a couple of them up on YouTube, which are going to be available in five languages, right? Like, so our new website, everything is available in five languages. There are mm-hmm. summaries of everything at two different levels. So you can kind of really get in, learn the overview of something very simply, and then dive in as deep as you want to go. But what I've been trying to do in part is think of it from the, like the perspective of reading the news. So most people may not feel comfortable or have any interest in going and reading medical journal studies, but even things like, and one of my favorites is like correlation studies or observational studies, which cannot tell you anything about cause. And yet, like we see headlines all the time that say like, Drinking coffee is linked to early death. Well, linked, associated, those are all clues that should set you up to say, hold on, you're, ma- you're making something sound causal, but the word linked means it cannot be causal. You don't have any proof of cause. You found some relationship between these things, but it's not enough to say anything about cause. Propaganda. Like, propaganda. Yeah, and headlines are crazy. I mean, they'll say like, Coffee kills, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. you read on, and it was some observational study that certainly didn't make that conclusion. Uh, tomorrow's show, I will be answering this question, dude. Why are you such a sensitive bitch, Sevon? That will be in tomorrow's show. I will give a full length answer, uh, Paulina. And then you can also find a study that says this is the complete opposite. Right? Totally. Like hey, she Paulina. Works, she works at Paper girl. Street Coffee. She got she got all defensive. She ha- she's <laughs> doing tons of stuff for us. She helps me with social media. She's like my go-to for a lot of stuff. Paulina's amazing. Uh, David Weed, uh, um, there is a strong correlation between my hair and why I'm a sensitive bitch, according to Chase Ingram. Um, when 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 will the public be able to attend its next event? I'm not sure. I think once we get the seminar nailed down that yeah. will probably be offered in a lot of places i would hope by the summer but i don't know um uh so if march uh the summer being june or july yeah probably in person i think it has to be in person i mean i think I, there's a lot of sort of you want to be able to ask questions and do all this stuff i think we're going to make a lot of the stuff available online like i have this healthcare class that needs to be finished but mm. that's all online and that's sort of an entry point for people of like you're going to the doctor or you're helping a sick parent or something like that but you need to understand what these statistical measurements or you know data analysis or test results or what do they mean and what are the questions that you should ask because i really think people lose all agency when they go to the doctor when they're sick or and i think that's part of the reason it's so important to have somebody if you feel like you don't have the power or authority, or you just want to get along with your doctors, which is totally normal, having somebody who can go and ask the hard questions and not even hard. Like it's not, it shouldn't be that you're being aggressive or challenging. But I mean, my big thing is like, if you ask one question, it should be what's all cause mortality on this treatment intervention thing, because doctors become so hyper-focused 
on curing what you came there for. They're not thinking about your long-term health. And well, alcohol's mortality will tell you if people who do this intervention live longer or shorter than people who don't. And so there's things like that that just, you know, or even things like one of my favorite tricks is, um, you know, doctors have to tell you standard of care. Again, licensing. That's what they have to do. They have to say, this is the, the American Medical Association, you know, says if you get cancer, you go get chemo and radiation and that's what you do. But you can get around that by saying to your doctor, what would you do if it was you? And that's super easy. And it like alleviates any liability for them. It's anecdotal, right? But very often you will get a totally different answer than you, what standard of care is, especially because doctors are far less likely to go to the doctor than the average person, which I think is also telling. But it gives you an, another thing to think about. And I think having options is really great because people will say, oh, go get a second opinion. But the second opinion, if you've been basically diagnosed with something and there's a standard of care for that thing, second doctor is highly likely to tell you the same thing. You're not really getting a second opinion. How's your audio so good? I don't know. I actually have my little mic that I think you recommended. It's not plugged in. Yeah, that's not. Wow. Um, um, you picked this computer for me. So it's just the mic on your computer right now? Just your app? Oh, it sounds great. Um, so so I just thought of a small business I could start. I could take the BSI seminar, and then I could hire out my services. If you're going to the doctor, I'll come with you. There you go. People, that's, that's huge. Do, do, I could be your docent. There you go. Going for a checkup? Let me come with you. I promise if they're like, if they're, if you're naked, I, I'll try not to look. <laughs> Um, does it, um, uh, two, two questions first, um, has Maxim called Emily yet? And does it bother you that people think you're extraordinarily beautiful? Are you, are you offended by the fact that, um, like that, some, people, that some people's optics enjoy, we don't actually see anything, That's right? The like, issues, Debbie. I don't know. Does it bother you that, that people find you pleasant to look at? No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I'm not sure I agree, but that's another that's another counseling yeah. session, maybe. Um uh uh Paul Paul Peters. Paul's very hostile. This could be very bad. Holy smokes, this woman has everything going. She must be single. I can't see a guy intentionally wanting to be with her. Oh, like she just got too much going on. A lot to handle. That's true. Yeah, crazy. Paul's excited. Paul must have done a big fat line of meth this morning. <laughs> I love your audience. So the other thing that I'll plug while I'm here is please, that I'm please, doing please. a show, yeah. which I think you know about, called Emily Unleashed for Broken Science. And it's really because I feel like this is idea- it, are there any, Is it up yet? Can I find it? Nope, middle of January. Okay. Um, you can follow on Emily underscore Unleashed on Instagram. And I've interviewed um, Anton- one of the speakers who's coming in March and um, James Franklin, who is a very famous, serious mathematician and also David Stove's um, literary executor. And then Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Oh, you did? oh, oh wow, wow. And James wow. Bhattacharya. And oh, Drew's wow. having me on his show, I think the 28th. Of this month? Of December. And then again on February, in February, we, we have a lot to talk about. So um, he wants me to come on there, which is great because it's his where is, where is his show? In L.A., but he does. This is remote. I interviewed him in L.A. I interviewed both him and Adam at Adam's studio. 
um but but no 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 um uh sorry i'm gonna, i'm doing multitasking when you when you go on this show on december 28th where will that be i will be on physically or where does it run yeah uh, both where does it run where can we see it i will be here in my office and will it be live oh i think is on youtube will it be live i don't think so oh will you t i want to watch that show and then have you back and then have you on after i watch it and talk okay. about it that's yeah, so I mean, I think cool. you'll start doing some more of that stuff to promote it because the goal for this Emily Unleash project is to talk to people who have challenged the status quo or changed a paradigm and they've either been canceled and, you know, nobody really wanted to hear from them. And we have some really interesting, controversial people on our list to talk to, um, or they've been hugely successful and made a lot of money and people have adopted their ideas. But I felt really struck through COVID with the idea that, and it, so I'm calling it the art and science of paradigm shifting because it's not just scientists. I think a lot of what we're doing at Broken Science, people find to be really technical and you know, sort of challenging, but really it's a blueprint for thinking. And I think we, have, we all need a heavy dose of critical thinking in order to save our republic. And being able to recognize when, you know, you're being silenced or pushed aside. And so I wanted to talk to people. I mean, through COVID, I was really shocked that there weren't more rock stars, right? And graffiti artists and filmmakers going crazy saying like, well, we're not going to just swallow this. You know, we're going to pose a challenge to this authoritative regime or, and you have like rage against the machine telling you to like line up and get your shot. I couldn't believe it. So I really want to inspire specifically younger people, to realize that no progress ever happens in science, in anything, unless somebody challenges the conventional wisdom. And so if we're all just, as Adam has said to me, we're crate training kids. So we're telling them to wear masks for no reason. We're telling them to stay six feet apart for no reason. And why? Because then when they get to be grownups and we tell them to do whatever we want, they'll do it. And that when he said that to me, like two years ago, I it, like set off alarm bells in me. And I feel like I look at, you know, my kids and their friends and they don't. And it's not that I want kids to be so rebellious that they're like getting in trouble, but it's a part of natural growth to challenge authority. And we just didn't seem to do that very well through COVID. So I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to go talk to people who have done this and learn from them? Like, was this a choice? Did you feel like you had any choice when you put yourself on the line and you said what you felt you needed to say, or you introduced some novel treatment or experiment that was going to upset everybody that you'd ever learned from or every mentor you'd ever had, but you realized they were wrong and you couldn't remain silent. And one of the interesting things that came out of the interview with Adam was he was basically like, um, you have to remember that like you can do that at the lowest end of sort of the society societal spectrum because you've got nothing to lose and you can do it at the highest. It was really hard if you're just like showing up for your job to like tell your boss to go fuck off. Yeah. And I realized yeah. that like that, yeah. that's true. But I think as citizens, we all have a responsibility to challenge the government. So it doesn't have to be at work. Right. But it has to be that you have some agency within yourself that you your contribution matters. And your voice matters. And so use it for the things that you think are powerful and important and down the line, not just for tomorrow. So Adam and I had a tough, I mean, we get along pretty well, but like I challenged him on his relationship with Jimmy Kimmel because they don't agree 
at all on the COVID stuff. And I, they had had dinner the night before together. So that's an interesting part of the interview because I definitely. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Jimmy, that Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel is like, um, it's not that he had a different opinion. He got people killed. He was one degree of separation away from getting people killed with with the advice and the propaganda he was pushing. He, he's a, he's a, um, and, and, he, and he rolls with Howard Stern, who did exactly the same. And, well, and so uh, it's funny because Adam brings up an, the example of Howard Stern as like people think he's this motorcycle riding leather, blah, blah. He's like, you go out to dinner with Howard. You're eating at like five o'clock or four o'clock. He doesn't drink like he is not the guy that you see on TV. Like that's a fallacy. He's a and coward. So, He's a fucking coward. Holding, you know, celebrities or entertainers to some standard. Like he was, I mean, his, and it's, he's right. There's a machine of people who are dependent on those people doing what they're supposed to do for their right, job. Right. And it's a different calculation. But I, my pushback to him was, yeah, well, what, what fucking happened at dinner last night? Do you bring this up with him privately? Because I think you have a responsibility. To and what do he say? Does he? Does he? Watch the show. When does that come out? I haven't scheduled the ones yet, but it'll be probably January, February. Yeah, that's awesome. God. Hey, did Dr. Drew get canceled? Did he Did he suffer repercussions from his position? I mean, he has been canceled, I think, more than once. They tried to cancel him way back when he was doing Loveline at K-Rock. And he wanted to talk about AIDS. And they had a friend at K-Rock who got AIDS and died. Yeah. And he realized people weren't getting good information about the disease or the transmission or anything very early. Right. And he was told that he was going to lose his medical license if he talked about it on air. Wow. And so he went by Dr. Drew because he didn't want to use his full name on air. Which was is Pinsky or something? He also got walked out of CNN because he... Um, when Hillary Clinton was running for president, her doctor came out with some report that said that she was like totally fine. And she had had some concussion earlier. And he basically like evaluated her and said, like, she is not OK. Right. Caused a major thing. And he got removed from his job at CNN, although in the interview, he clarified for me that like that show had actually been canceled beforehand. And so that was sort of a misunderstanding that he was canceled for it. But it definitely was a big public backlash. Was it something about the way she was holding her hand? I don't know. Like it I had a showed a neurological. Maybe. And also I think she'd fallen down several times. Like there was enough of an indication. I mean, and he's a doctor, right? So like right. he can give his medical opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. He hasn't seen her as a patient. Yeah. To be penalized for that seemed pretty stark. And then I think with COVID, you know, he started, he said to me like Fauci was a hero of his. Because he thought he did a good job with AIDS. And now he recognizes that there was a real playbook with AIDS that he used on, um, you know, and actually when I interviewed Jay Bhattacharya, he was talking a lot about how there was some guy who was at um, you know, some school in California that was, he was maybe like the most well-regarded bio, whatever, virologist. And he didn't, he wasn't sure that HIV progressed to AIDS. Now that's, pretty conclusive now but Fauci was pushing out this line that that's how it goes and everybody needs to be vaccinated for it sound familiar mm -hmm. and this guy got became very public against it and Fauci literally burned his house down got him fired from his job and he I mean Bhattacharya told me that like this guy should have won the Nobel Prize like he was so good and so smart he at least deserved to be listened to even um, though he was wrong 
even though he's wrong. I mean, you can be like the, the right. thing with science, right? Is that right. it's not, we don't have absolute certainty. Right. This is why Greg and I like probability theory because it right. gives you a range and it, nothing is absolutely certain. So, but you can't say to any, like every dissenting opinion, I'm not going to listen to you. And if you're the, you know, somebody who has a history of being really thoughtful and critical on work and you have an objection, like I would want to hear from you. We might be wrong. What is it? Now, the other thing I've heard from both Jay and Scott Atlas. So remember, Scott was at Stanford and then left and went to the White House to serve under Trump. He did not vote for Trump. He was not a huge, obviously, Trump fan, but he felt he was called to, you know, serve his country. Mm -hmm. Stanford treated him beyond horribly, right? Circulated a petition about how he should be fired. His wife was, and this is a little personal, but like all her, they lived on campus. All her friends on campus wouldn't talk to her. I mean, horrible. He would call Jay every day and basically say like, I'm out of here. No one's even listening to me. I bring all this data to Fauci and he won't look at it. And so it became, I mean, there's a real picture that these guys paint on that they're, this is politics. This wasn't about science and it wasn't about medicine and it wasn't about what is the risk or not? It was, we have made a decision politically about how to handle this. And anybody who speaks up against it is, we're going to, you know, you're dead. Do you, do you remember what uh, Dr. Fauci's uh, wife's position was? She's an AIDS researcher, right? During COVID, Dr. Fauci's wife, Christine Grady. You're not even going to fucking believe this. Hold on, I'm on Wiki looking it up. A uh, career. Um, she was the head. Oh, here it goes. First of all, she okay. She was a commissioner of the Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues from 2010 and 2017. But during COVID, she was at the CDC. She was head of their bioethics department. Are you fucking Fauci's wife? Well, that's really convenient. I mean, that's a power couple, right? Crazy needs, power couple, dude. He needs the moral sign-off right. on doing something immoral, and he's got the person to do it. It's crazy. God, I wish I could find that uh, the exact dates on that. Yeah, she's a... Uh, I just a, hope this all really is, comes to light because I still I feel like people just want to move on, and I, we can't because it's going to come back if it's not really well explained how this all happened and what happened oh here is sorry not cdc here it is okay ready dr anthony fauci and his wife christine grady is the chief of the department of bioethics at the national institute of health the nih december 30th 2022 uh elon musk claims dr fauci's wife oversees him ethically yeah of course as all wives do but that's just a little bit more that is true. My wife oversees me ethically. That is that is true. If I say something she thinks was like, she's actually overseeing the whole country ethically. It's a little yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy. So God. I feel like back to the broken. So Emily Unleashed was going to be really fun, and I'm hoping that yeah. that's really like a popular gateway into all of our other material. Um, so I don't want it to just be scientists. If people have people that they think I should talk to, definitely like send me DMs if you know people that you can introduce me to that you think fit the criteria of having changed a paradigm or conversation. Let me know. I have over 150 people on my list to talk to. 
So it should be a fun thing. Greg and I'm Bob. Just gonna go, I'm just going to watch your show and interview. Every, oh, just cherry pick all the people you interview. I'm going to do, do it. Yes. After you have Jay, I want to have Jay on. That's awesome. He's amazing. He's yeah, such can't a wait. love. Yeah. Um, those and are amazing know. people, by the way. Any like those are those you can't miss any of those. Those are so awesome. Those people you got. Hey, what about getting? Um, I can't get this guy, but I bet you you could get him. Uh, uh, Bogos Bogosian. Who's that? Eric Eric Bogosian. He was the Columbia ethics professor. Um, if you see his face, you'll know who he is. He's so okay. fucking cool. Let me see. Uh, someone will say it in the comments now. I think it's I think it's Eric Bogosian. How do you spell the last name? B O G H A S I A N. Uh, let me see. Eric. Uh, oh no, that's the wrong guy. Sorry. Nope. I have the wrong guy. Shit. Not that Bogosian. Let me see. Uh, um, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter Bogosian. Uh, he is uh American philosopher. Uh, let me see. Born in Boston. Hey. Um, let me see. Uh, I'll, uh, let's see if I can find him. Shit, everything's jacked up here. He's my Armenian. Power, yeah, my power went out at my house. Yeah. And so all my shit's all fucked up. Oh, my. You know who he sort of looks like is the. um. Who's the guy who killed himself who had that awesome travel show? Yes, yes. Uh, Bourdain. Yes. 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 Peter Bug. Yeah, I want to show everyone at home what he looks like. So, um, but this guy's great. This guy is absolutely amazing. You got to get this guy on. You would love him. He's in Boston. That's great. Yeah, and he's just he's just a great thinker. He just knows how to think. Oh, that's a different guy. I was looking up Eric. No, no, sorry. Yeah, forget Eric. Sorry, forget okay. Eric. This is who you want, Peter Bogosian. He's the author of two books: uh, American Philosopher, Born in Boston, Non-Tenured Track Assistant Professor at. Uh, philosophy at Portland State University for 10 years, uh, academic focused on atheism, critical thinking, uh, pedagogy, scientific skepticism, and Socratic method. He's the author of A Manual for Creating Atheists, um, How to Have Impossible Conversations, Very Practical Guide. He's great. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, and he's made the rounds. I, I'm pretty sure he's been on uh, Bill Maher. He's sweet. Oh, 2015 interview with Dave Rubin. He ended up getting fired uh, from somewhere. I can't. I want to say Boston University for uh, not taking the injection. Okay. Hmm. He gave a conference on wokeism. <laughs> wokeism, jeez Louise. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, that's interesting. I have definitely, I feel like there are some people who are going to be great. And then there's some people who are just sort of like interesting to me. Like, I mean, even like James Watson is on my list because I think. He Who's that? Me. How do I know that name? He discovered the structure of DNA, Watson and Crick. Oh, oh, you're going to have him on? He. Is he still alive? You know, like the whole genetic theory of cancer. Yeah. Is based on that work. And he has come out and said like. You guys, this is not genetic. You don't use my work for that. And like three weeks later, he's a hundred years old. He was accused of sexual harassment, which I'm not saying that like old men can't sexually harass people, but like that did that does not seem like a coincidence to me. Right, right. So I'm really, I mean, if he uh, came you out, you better hurry up. You better hurry up. I know. I know. 
I found his secretary's phone number from, but he got fired from where he was. So I've got to find him at home. But, you know, I interviewed Mark Hegstead a long time ago. You know who that is? He developed the dietary guidelines. No. For, oh, really? I was the last person like to interview him. Like the ones that in, fucked up the world? The ones I that interviewed up the world? him in a nursing home. He was on oxygen. And I was the last person to interview him alive. And he admitted to me that they totally fucked up. So I should run that interview too. Although it was before I worked in TV. I was like a newspaper reporter. So like it's not well produced at all. Um, but the audio is amazing. And he basically says things like, if you conduct a scientific study and the results don't seem as you had predicted they would be, chances are you didn't do your work properly. Meaning like you already knew what you wanted the answer to be. Right. If you didn't get that answer, do it again. Right. But he also said that he had no idea that removing fat from the diet would be replaced with carbohydrates and that that was a oh. huge, it was the first time he ever admitted that they got that all wrong. Um, and so for but, people who don't know, like the interviewing men at the end of their lives. I yeah, guess. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Emily, I interview old dudes. Hey, um, like uh, the thing there for people who don't know the conventional wisdom is this. They took the fat out of food thinking that fat was bad. And you started getting, we started getting just aisles and aisles of non-fat shit. And to help uh, with the lack of taste, when you remove the fat, they inserted sugar. And that became the immediate cascade. If you look at the graphs, I don't know what year it was. It was in the 70s, just an immediate fucking skyrocketing of chronic disease everywhere. It's pretty fucking obvious. I, is, does anyone even dispute that anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, that's it's crazy. But I also, you know, there's actually an interesting other tie-in that I feel like your audience might be into, which is that it's, you know, the farm bill, which is like the huge subsidy that goes out to farmers for crops. Yeah. The McGovern Commission at that time was really trying to solve for starvation. The country was prosperous. You know, things were pretty good. Why did we have all these malnutrition issues, you know, especially in rural areas? And they kind of figured out, we've got all this corn, we've got all this soy, we can make this really cheap especially by dumping some surplus money into it from the government. And then we can feed all these people. It's a win-win, right? So as much as it sounds like it was, you know, totally nefarious and there were parts, right? Like the school of public health at Harvard was funded by Kellogg and it was out of the school of education. So, I mean, there were corporate interests embedded in this really early in the academic world, but in the government world, it was a there was sort of like this confluence of things, right? So the American Heart Association comes about. They push the you know agriculture department to come up with guidelines. Mark Hegstead and then this guy Nick something who I found who was in Rhode Island. They start working on this and they're basically rushed to come up with these guidelines. And at the press release for the dietary guidelines, they say we just want to be really clear: there is no science. There is no research really behind what we're telling people. This needs to be followed up with rigorous research. Is there but video we, of that? I don't think so, but there's oh. there's a transcript. Um, but you know, we've been pushed to do this because we want to save American lives, and so this is our best guess. And then it was never researched. I mean, it's a great. Story. Oh, holy shit, dude! Hey, that's what the two weeks to flatten the curve is. Yeah, that was exactly what there was. There's no, there was, there was no research. That was the release of the injection. There was no research. Yeah. I it was like, this is our best guess. This is our best guess. Anytime people use fear. Yeah. Yeah. To take away your freedom or your ability to make decisions, you're out. Or lap dances. Or lap dances. There was one member of Congress who stood up to the Patriot Act 
And she got a ton of shit because people thought like, you're not being patriotic. We've just had this terrorist attack. She was absolutely right for all of her reservations about, you know, violation of civil liberties down the road. And when are we retracting this and enemy? You know, Greg stood up to the Patriot Act on the front end of dot com and got so much shit for it. He what? He stood up against the Patriot Act on the front end at CrossFit.com and got so much shit for it. I didn't know that. Well, he was absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, like, look at all the January 6th stuff. That would not, you'd never be able to hold people without due process if we hadn't done that to enemy combatants. That's absolutely against the way the justice system is set up. So it was really, really, I mean, I want to talk to her really badly because I feel like she was super brave and she got you know, death threats and all that stuff for doing what I think was really her duty. Um, the, uh, you, you and I are on, on text threads where we see people dropping healthy young men. Unfortunately, it seems to be the, the, it always, it always seems to be healthy young men. You and I are in some text threads where we see healthy young men dropping like flies and, and it's all from myocarditis. Do you do you have any thoughts on when you see someone like did you follow the thing with this guy Travis Kelsey in the NFL? Remind no. me about it. So so a few weeks ago, and I wouldn't expect you to know this. It's like crazy pop culture shit. But basically, this guy he's a very popular uh, football player, and he and he's dating Taylor Swift. And I just he, went to that game. And oh, you did okay. And he made a he Pfizer paid him some huge chunk of money to do it's called a, a two for commercial get both your shots in one day, you're, 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 you're yes yes, and he made that video and the irony is is that he's he's his audience is the men who are susceptible to it. Do you have any do you have any thoughts on that? Like, um, do you think people do you think he knows? Do you think he he does the research? Do you think he yeah. no? No, I mean, I think people at that level of sort of celebrity or whatever, again, like they, they may so not. So he just thinks it's a bunch of crazies out there, like flat earthers. and. He may fuck. not even think that far. He may have his manager saying like, this is amazing. We just signed this big deal with Pfizer. This is more money than you've ever gotten before. You're at the top of your career. This He doesn't I'm say, so he doesn't say what, he doesn't say, hey, is anyone going to die from this or what are the implications? No, he doesn't care. Like I Michael mean, Phelps selling Reese's or any of that. Just no, no, just don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, again, LeBron selling Sprite, just don't get knowing that they're I, uh, I think marginalized. People like remind ourselves that we're in an ec- weird echo chamber. We we think about all these things anytime. I mean, Greg and I joke, we probably would have gotten the vaccine if the government hadn't told us we had to. Right. If you had to break people down by the color of their skin, would you say that the leading issue for people with melanated skin right now is their consumption, their dietary consumption? Just roughly off the top of your head, would you guess that is their their biggest uh, health concern? Leading cause of death for black people is diabetically related. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. And so you don't think LeBron, when he sells Sprite, is like, holy shit, I'm fucking sending my people to the death troughs. No, I don't think he thinks about it. I don't think he knows. I, I mean, like, again, I think because you and I know. Guy, about- he's a big black guy, right? He's, it's not, a, it's just a, not, a, he identifies with being a big, powerful black man. Like he does. Like, Sebi, I wrote a column for Boston Magazine about um, Verda. And yeah. in it, I made the analogy of like, when we tell diabetic people that it's okay for them to eat sugar, just take more insulin. It's akin yeah. to telling kids that have a peanut allergy. It's okay. Eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just take an EpiPen. Like it's batshit crazy. Right. Right. And I got 
so much pushback for saying that. It, people were furious at me. And so I, I don't think most people are awake. I don't think they're aware. I think CrossFit did an incredible job. I mean, you've been talking about this, the public, like challenging the public health record, holding things accountable. There aren't really that many big collective organizations doing that other than CrossFit and CrossFit's not doing it anymore. So you can't fairly assume that the average person knows what you know. You know far more because you've been exposed to all of this stuff for years and intimately involved in it in the sense of like having world experts come and speak to you, being friends with Greg and learning from him. Most people don't have that. I mean, it, that's part of right. what I think we're hoping to do with Broken Science is right. turn that back on and be even louder about it. Uh, Jonathan Ortega, nobody, literally nobody thinks about the shit they endorse. I mean, I don't know. Remember who was it? Like Bob Dole or somebody did a Depends, like the adult diaper commercial. I, I feel like did dick, I think he did dick pills too. Dick pills or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dick pills is cool. I don't know. But I feel like some of these things. Are sort of... Have you ever taken a dick pill? No, I haven't. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Did you take one this morning? No, but I've taken them before a few times. Fucking, they're crazy. Does it make your heart go crazy? No, fuck with my uh, fuck with my vision a little bit, but like, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> fucking nuts, absolutely nuts. I don't recommend it. I don't think it can't be good for you. It's not. It wasn't. It was. It's not good. No, I don't recommend. Thank wasn't you. Wasn't Viagra really a drug for something else? I thought it was like a heart drug or something. And then in the study, they all the guys started reporting. I don't know. I've taken a few times, probably like 10 or 15 years ago. I popped like, I don't know. I had like probably 20 of them. And when I would get too drunk, I would pop one. And not, not even cause my dick was, my dick never had any issues. It's just recreationally, but fuck dude, what a disaster. It's, a, it's like acid. You're like, fuck this. What is this going to stop? Like this thing got to go away. Was it scary? Some, no, not that bad, but like you can't, imagine a, it's it's just too it's just too much it's just too much it's just too too sensitive you just be you just can just come on attention like you know what i mean like someone shuts a door and you're ready to fuck you know what i mean like the wind blows you know what i mean like anything and you're just you're, you stand at attention yeah it's a very powerful drug very very powerful drug no one needs to be at that kind of attention i think maybe oh, you need to take half a pill next time <laughs> it was for chest pains no shit yeah i think that's right it was like and then they basically they found this other indicator Sort of like, um, what's that non-smoking drug that's for depression? And everybody like quit smoking and they realized that they could prescribe it off-label to help people quit smoking. Oh, I heard Ozempic uh, is, is now people are all sorts of shit. People just don't want to do shit. They don't want to put anything in their mouth. Well, you know, there was something interesting that I saw about Ozempic. I think this was last summer where it was approved as a heart medication. And I oh. thought that's really interesting because it probably is beneficial if you're morbidly obese or obese. Yeah. You can lose a hundred pounds. It's definitely better for your heart, but is it better for your heart or is it just that you've gotten the weight off? Right. 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 Well, I, I'm a huge proponent of anything. If, if they really found a way to help people quit smoking, like that was like, like really effective. I'm all for it. Smoking's quit quitting. Smoking's fucking crazy. But not to supplement it with it forever. You know what I mean? Like like giving people fentanyl to get off of heroin is fucking nuts. Right. Or even just like the opioid crisis with the pain medication. I'd rather be in pain than be addicted to something. I think that's, you know, 
risk reward calculation. We now know that people weren't talking about before. Savon, did you prank someone with Viagra? No, that would be fucking nuts. Excuse me. We might have to do that next time I see you. <laughs> Dude, I mean, how are you supposed to even enjoy that prank? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I've got some funny ideas, I'm... but I'll keep them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, Anytime. And, and any uh, so, oh, so the other thing I wanted to mention is that the, so we have been working for like six months on our new website and it is hopefully going to be amazing. I keep waiting to release it because I just want to beta test a little bit more. It's but not it, released. It's not released. So, I mean, it's important to say that like this current website was really a repository of articles that Greg and I were reading and we wanted to be able to share with other people. So it's not easy to navigate. It has tons of stuff. There was a lot of stuff that I had stolen so we couldn't put it on the website so we had it behind a, pay, a, a password thing for a while and we got rid of that and so all the stuff on there now you can access but it's um the new site is all ai based so it will learn from you and it'll learn like what you're interested in so if you're interested in fitness or nutrition it'll steer you towards that sort of catalog of articles and um, videos and classes and other things that we're offering and it'll learn as you go. So it'll sort of evaluate like Sevi has a really hard time with this stuff or he seems to start reading and then move away. Let's offer him something else that's similar, but at a different level or you've shared a bunch of stuff. And so it's kind of cool in that it will really um, hopefully interact with you. And it's going to everything's available in all these different languages so that people all over the world will be able to do you sort of use this stuff and access it. Um and we'll have those classes. And then we have like five books coming out. So it's been very busy and exciting. Oh, oh, uh, books. Uh, so that a, you guys have uh, books that were retired or not in print that you guys purchased and have started reprinting. So we purchased the rights to David Stove's book and we're reprinting Greg's dad's book. And then we have um, Bobby has been working on a cancer guide for patients, mm -hmm. um, which will have. Oh, like that when is that coming out i don't know because now i think see, we're gonna have seafried he and seafried are working on a journal thing that's wow. gonna be like 70 pages so i i'm sort of putting a hold on that but it's great because wow. it has i would really like to push that when that comes out will you tell me when that comes out yeah definitely i mean and i think you know this like i get contacted once a week by somebody who's been diagnosed with cancer looking for help yes and so yes. that will be a great tool for people who want to just and bob is such an incredible researcher that he's, I told him to basically do it so that you can access everything. So like that book that we love about the COVID deaths, Cause Unknown, that has QR codes, this is going to be like that. So it's going to have all, he created a database of every metabolic trial ever done on cancer. So you'll be able to go to all that primary research. Um, so that's part of this sort of like patient caregiver guide series that we're doing. I want to do one on kids and um, antidepressants and anxiety meds, because I feel like so many people are being told like by their pediatricians to be putting their kids on this stuff without realizing that those trials were awful. Just to recap some of that bad research, they, um, this wasn't. Can you imagine giving your kid. And I can, if my kid was really depressed or anxious, like and the doctor saying like, this is horrible. You have to do this. I, cannot, I just want to give cannot. people an alternative so that they understand what they're getting into when they do that. So when they did those trials, there were a bunch of kids who killed themselves. Right. They removed them from the data because they didn't finish the trial. 
Imagine this. Imagine your kid's like, 16 years old, suicidal, but they have an iPhone. So yeah, now you I, have now they got an iPhone and they're on antidepressants. I, I think you're a fucking shit parent. Sorry. I think I think that you're a codependent to your kid's fucking miserable life. Take the fucking phone away first. Do do some shit. Get your kid fucking away from the fucking stimuli. I mean, I can't argue with that. I think in some ways that's very similar to the argument Greg made when people would say, like, I don't have enough money to buy a pull-up bar. And he'd be like, you know, how much money did you spend on your TV? When when I when I first bought my first um uh set of rings when I did cross started CrossFit, um there were three places I always hung the rings and I always had to take them out. I hung them underneath a stairwell that I knew where there was some outside stairs. There was a tree, and then I would go and, and basketball hoop. And like, yeah, you do that. You go over there and you spend 15 minutes every day. You want to work out at the basketball courts, throwing the fucking rope up over the basketball hoop to hang your rings. Yeah, people are full of excuses. It's crazy. Oh, uh, uh, Heidi Krim. Well, people will, were killing themselves before iPhones. That's true. My thing with that is like, I don't want to get into the realm of telling people how to parent or not, but right, I want I'll, I'll do that. to be educated on what is what their doctors are telling them or not. And I don't think, honestly, I would be surprised if most doctors knew that it wasn't, they did not publicize that all these kids died and we didn't include them in the study. Right. And heavily buried, but it's the most important thing that I want to know as a parent, if I give my kid this drug, are they more likely to kill themselves or not? If the answer is yes, how, like how in your right mind can you give them the drug? And also how, as a researcher, are you, taking that out that's what you should be looking for so uh, same same with the uh ventilators you think about there's a lot of data out there that the ventilators were actually killing people right because it was stuffing the virus deeper into your lungs and causing all kinds of what did they call that can't remember all that stuff now but yeah getting no. killed by your doctor uh courtney olson uh don't worry emily that's what sevy's here for to tell people how to <laughs> I think being a mom is like one of the hardest, I mean, by far the hardest job I've ever had. And I've had some really hard jobs. So I don't want to be in a position of judging other people. I think it's sort of like, you know, somebody weighing in on somebody else's marriage. Like you, you never really know what's going on with people. You have to believe your friend for what they're saying because you want to support them. And it doesn't really matter what the reality is. Right. So uh, I think when we start throwing stones at people about being parents, there's probably a better avenue to attack them on or, to encourage them to do more research or think about things a little differently. I, I just think that, um, I, I don't take it as, is um, judging. Uh, if I, if I'm, uh, yesterday I went to the movies and, uh, I saw trolls, right. And, um, I got my, it was, it was actually, it was great. It was, I really enjoyed it. I don't even remember what the movie was about. I just couldn't, the stimuli was outstanding. Just the loud, colors. Bright. Yeah. Loud, bright, the colors. It was fucking wild and and i was just saying take earlier, a Viagra and go back and watch it again I, I i was i was like talking to the screen i was acting like uh, a, a culturally appropriated black culture because i was like yelling at the screen the last 20 minutes i was like just hooting and hollering i was so excited because you're used to watching at home i don't know i just got completely just like a, you know like when you're petting a cat and it bites you <laughs> i was like that i the movie over petted me it, it like i understood yeah, I understood black culture. I got over petted and I was just screaming like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, just like singing along. And my kids are like. Uh, but um, uh, but I bought my kids a box of uh, hot tamales. 
Now that's just shitty parenting. That is just, and listen, I, I'm just not a bitch like the rest of, like the rest of people out there who just can't handle being called on being shitty parenting. I know it's sensitive for you. Just accept it. It's just shitty fucking parenting. Here and here's why it's I shitty think parenting. you should say like it was a moment of weakness or something, but it's not. That's not. You're not oh, a shitty it's just parent. Shitty that's parenting. a pervasive. You know, that's like your oh man, your entire body parenting. of work as a parent is shitty because you gave your kids a hot tamale. Not my entire body, but hey, and not only that, not only is she parenting, I actually enjoyed watching my kids enjoy them. That's yeah. life, right? Yeah. And I really, and you know, it took them, they didn't even, after the whole three boys could, didn't finish a whole box of hot tamales during a two hour movie. If I personally would have got a box of hot tamales, I'd eaten the whole box before the, all the previews were done. Yeah. I think one of the problems that we have is we kept our son off of sugar, like nothing other than berries yeah. for the first two and a half years of his life. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, really like we joke that he's going to be like a whore, like he can't handle it at all. Yeah. And my so, kids can't handle it at all either. Isn't that interesting? My kids would get sick. If they eat a whole slice of cake, they get sick. He's sick. And he's like, give me more. It's like, there's oh. no off switch. I mean, I, oh, I don't keep anything in the house because I feel like he'll find it and eat it all. It's oh, interesting. Weird. Yeah. Whereas I feel like, I don't know, maybe if we had not been so restrictive, I mean, he was so little, what was actually really interesting about that was how upset other people would get. Do you get that a lot? Like people in our extended family, would think that we were like child abusers because he didn't have cake on his birthday. He had like right, fresh right, cream and berries, right, which he thought right. was a huge treat and was thrilled by. But people would sneak him, like try to sneak him bites of cake. And it was like, this is so your issue. <laughs> this is- I, I've told this story before on the show a bunch of times. My, we had some friends over and we served dessert and they had two kids. And the dessert my wife served was a, a flourless like banana cake or something, right? And- uh, you know, there's no sugar added sugar in it. And the kids just straight up said, this is gross. Can you heat it? So my wife, the lady said, Hey, can you heat this for my kids? They don't like it. It's like, if my kids said that, I'd be like, no, fuck you go outside and play. Like th- this is what you get. So my wife heats it for them. Then there was something else that, well, can you put butter on it? Then they tried it. it was, so then eventually the kids just left their plates with it. And the mom pulled out a bag of uh, Oreo cookies. At your house. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife said, or no, I said, Hey, you travel with Oreo cookies. She goes, yeah, I want my kids to have a regular amount of stuff like this so that they, um, when they get older, they'll, they'll be, uh, um, accustomed to sugar. I'm like inoculating them from sugar by giving them sugar. It was amazing. I was like, wow. Okay. I don't think that most people understand. Again, this is one of those things that like you're metabolically damaging your system over time. It's hey, you're a shitty parent. You're poisoning your fucking kid. You are you shitty. Know you back are those friends of yours or Haley's? Like, how does they're, that? They're, fr- they're friends of ours. They're friends of wow. ours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're very tolerant. Far more than I would have. Hey, going going to that thing, going back to that thing, just real quick about the parenting thing. Um, let's say that you have this list of the top hundred best moments in your life. You know, and it's like like fucking on ecstasy at the top at the summit of some mountain when you were twenty years old, That's right? What I was gonna say. Okay. But when you have kids, that top 100 starts like every moment starts becoming a kid moment. They're just start like they just start fucking pushing out all those other moments. You're like, wow, this is watching my kid throw a soccer ball is better than fucking that girl when I was 19. It's crazy. <laughs> and like you're just watching the shit, the top 100 get reworked. But 
the top 100 most challenging moments or moments where you hate yourself because of shit you've done to your kids, like yelling at them or breaking their spirit, those are in the top 100 too. So now you got this relationship where it's your top 100 moments and your top like 100, like what the fuck did I do moments, right? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's a crazy things. relationship. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I get that. I I fuck. I fucking raised my voice at Avi yesterday, and he started fucking crying. I was like, "Holy shit!" Not even yelling, but just like one of those ones that's like, "I'm not asking you again. Something bad's gonna happen." You know? I think. Yeah. I mean, I think you know when you start to feel like you're losing control. At least for me. And it's interesting because like my older sister was saying to me, "Do you remember how mom and dad used to say like?" you're being impudent or like, I'm the grown up, you're the child. And my yeah. sister was saying like, that's such an indication that they were out of control. You don't need to say <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. It just obviously knows you're the grown up. Just right? authority. Yeah. If I ever say that, it's a joke. And so, but I, my parents talk. definitely yeah. would remind us of their yeah. authority. Yeah. And I think I do that. And I didn't realize that I was doing it until she pointed out that my parents did it and how like stupid that is. The kids yeah. know that they, they don't need to be told that you're the grown yeah. up. Yeah, but just show, like, show them that you're in control. That's what my wife always says. Like, be, That's right. Yeah, just be in control and you're in control. And yelling at your kids is showing you're not in control. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, when you, and, then, and then I go back and say, try to say sorry to him. And he's like, uh-uh. I'm like, oh, fuck. I done fucked up. And he's in control. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that all up. That guilt. Uh, my three-year-old... Um, um, is saying fucking sentences already bad parent? No, not if that's, um, here's the thing. It, 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 I have a great answer for this. If he's using it in the proper context, you're a good parent. And so if he's socially responsible with it, like if it's just you guys in the car, he's like, damn, look at them fat old titties. As you drive by some chick, <laughs> cool. But if your mom, well, my mom's in the car. If my kids do that, I'll be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Your grandma's in the car. And, and they know they just have to be socially responsible. Thank you. That's the, a good the, one. I used to always say it was okay for swears if they were in songs. In oh yeah. My kid. My, yeah. My, my kids. Although. Yeah. My, my kids do that too, man. The songs are crazy though. Crazy. Totally. Do you have an Alexa? Right. No, oh. I don't like surveillance in my house. Yeah. I got, I got surveillance going on 24 seven. So the kids call out what they want to listen to. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. That's funny. Yesterday, I had to just go in and be like, no, okay, no, Alexa, for an hour. Your kids are all old enough now that they know all the words. I mean, I feel like there was a period of time where my kids were young enough that Bob and I could say stuff and they didn't know. And then yeah, my there's kids. a turning point where you're like, oh, shit, they're listening. Like, Bob has this playlist that he calls Boner Jams. Yeah. And they're like, it's a great party playlist, right? So when we have parties, that's always what we play. And when we would have family cookouts or, you know, whatever with lots of people, that's what we would play. And every, like all of our friends know it's like kind of a funny thing. But then Millie started saying like, can we play Boner Jams? And we oh, were somewhere wow. Like, wow. We got to rename. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't know what it meant. Yeah. But she associated it with this great music. And yeah, I was my, like, kid, oh. my kids ask me what words mean. I'm like, uh-uh. Some there's some words that they want to know. Yeah, that's a tough one because you can't say them anymore once you tell them what they mean. Yeah, you shouldn't say uh, yeah. All right, I'm gonna run. This was uh, fun. Bye. Thank you. Anytime. Emily Kaplan saves the show <laughs> again.
You out of your fucking mind? No, they don't get an N-word pass. Are you fucking crazy? I, 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 that word is never, ever, ever okay to say until you have your own podcast. Uh, Dildo, I can't wait to hear one of Sebi's kids yell semen magnet from down the hall on a live pod one day. Jesus, what's wrong with that Paul guy from Facebook? Can the wrenches do anything to him? Like, he needs to be put on a five-minute timeout. You can't just be, like, calling the guest a tranny. I don't use the words. The standee's only a podcast. Uh, Vindicate asks, how many times have the kids asked what a standee is? A standee is just a podcast word. There's words I just use only on the podcast. I don't use it's a podcast word. Uh, Audrey, his name is Paul. That's where the problem starts. She got a, uh, here, I'll show you. Hold on. You only see her sitting down too, so you really can't tell. But you guys saw in this picture, her body's pretty crazy too. So you guys are all getting excited by looking at her face. Like, if you see me in person, you'll be like, oh, I'll disappoint you. Emily will not disappoint you. Karen Thompson will not disappoint you. You'll be like, oh, shit. All right. Man, uh, her and Greg, it's pretty crazy that they... Um... Oh, you touched Emily. Audrey touched Emily. Oh. Oh, you touched her and Greg at the same time. Oh, like got in between them. Heidi, crew, me and Audrey made love to Emily and Greg at the CrossFit Games. God, I really want to know what the fuck's going on with um. I wonder if it's raining. I really want to know what's going on with Roman. What what is going on here? I have to. Do you, do you guys care what's going on with that? Um, oh, shit. Going back to that Lauren Khalil thing, it looks like John Woolley's like, see, here's the thing. P there's nothing to defend. Why do they feel like they have to defend the Khaleesi? Wow. So this is what a fun little community of drama we live in. Uh, I can't tell if I'm allowed to read you guys this stuff. I can't tell if this is from someone's DMs or if this is text messaging. Sorry, I'm going through my um this the Illuminati thread. 
someone's going to release this stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, uh, I think I, uh, okay, here we go. Maybe I should get Hiller on here. Hiller's probably up to speed on this. Should I get Hiller, see if I can get Hiller on to, to update us on what the fuck is going on here? Oh, Andrew's already posted something on Instagram. Let's, okay, let's see this. Oh, okay. Here, hold on. It's probably one of you guys already told me in the chat. I'm just over here working, so I don't know what's going on. Okay, let's, let's play what uh, Hiller has. Here we go. Okay, uh, this is uh, this looks like it was posted 43 minutes ago on Andrew uh, Hiller's Instagram. Uh, he has a bunch of notes here, but we'll, we'll read the notes after we play this. Let's go ahead and just play. But he's not a games athlete anymore. I'm telling you, they're, they're dropping him. It may look that way to you from the outside, but if he goes on like that for another year, the subscribers won't save him because there are new people, new budgets being allocated. What's the point of sponsoring someone who doesn't perform at the games? I mean, yeah, he posts his lifts on Instagram, but what's the point of that at the games? People talk about that between the games, between competitions, but all the hype goes on at the competitions, mostly during the competitions. I agree. Uh, we just think from here that the guy has subscribers and that's it. That means he's got more expensive contracts and everything. No, if he's not an athlete, what good is he? I get that he will advertise some brands and they will stay with him, but still people are interested in you showing the brand at competitions. The whole world isn't watching your IG. You still got to bring something to the competition. And when you're not there and you're slowly starting to fade away, Nobody's talking about you. That's why I have to write these moron comments. I just created a media frenzy so they'd start talking about me, okay? It's like with dogs, you walk down the street, look, the dogs are sitting behind the fence, you throw a stone, they start barking, and you go on your way, and they bark something to themselves. And Guy, he's like, well, he doesn't have to do anything, I think. He'll make money. He doesn't give a damn. But he's not a games athlete anymore. I'm telling you, they're, they're dropping him. It may look that way to you from the outside. Damn, damn. Uh, so Hiller writes, yes, this is transcribed. There is a sense that every single thing said in this interview needs context. Roman goes hard in this interview in his native language, Russian. In my opinion, this is amazing and a breath of fresh air. That is if you believe the Google, YouTube, and AI translation, along with the multiple internet commentator stating that the translation is correct. Uh, number two, I have multiple sources informing me that Rosa is not just Roman's translator, but also his agent manager. By the way, this is really weird if this is true. This is really weird. If two is indeed true, I would certainly accept what he actually said word-to-word -word translation versus what he meant, which he himself can't tell us in uh, English. Again, I personally love the interview. If it's indeed true that, yeah, I have no, I have no problem with what Roman said. I don't, I'm not like, I, I don't think he said anything mean or wrong. I don't think he said anything bad. It's his assessment of how uh, sponsorships work. It's, it's like, it's kind of cool, right? Um, but what is interesting is, is if, if he has his agent down by his side, uh, none of the other athletes get that. That would be fucking a trip. Uh, ESC sounds guaranteed. Guy has miles uh, bigger sponsorship deals than Roman. I'm 
Man, I'll tell you this. You fucking put Gee on. Uh, when Gee comes on this show, the fucking viewers pile in. He's definitely a fucking needle mover. But when Roman came on the show, fucking the, the views fucking were massive, too. But I do think I do think the next time if he ever comes on the show again, I need a different translator. I think it was pretty fucking clear that she was uh, she was fucking with the translation. She was not. It was not accurate. What is this? Man, what a busy morning. God, I need someone just to come in here and tell me everything that I missed this morning. We're fucking around with you guys. Wow. Okay, so it is that is his agent. So when she says she's not paid a cent to translate. That's a little, that might be a little uh, manipulative, manipulative or disingenuous. Uh, she's so close to him and some of the stories she just told herself. Yeah, I think you're right. Eric Weiss, I'm on gee size. You don't mess with the Jesus, the Jesus. No, Roman has a big mushroom slab. No, I think Rich probably likes it. He don't care. Uh, Savon, we need a, a few non-CrossFit shows. That's what drew me into the show. All right, fine. I agree. I know, I was trying to get away from it. I'm completely sucked in now, huh? Guilty. Let me see. Um, oh, tomorrow I have Greg Glassman and Cara Saunders. Oh, uh, to, uh, on Thursday, I have Nathaniel Nolan on. Do you remember the guy that, um, walked on his hands for a year? He got some other shit he did now too. That's going to be good. That's on Thursday. That's not CrossFit. Oh my goodness. On Friday. Okay. You guys ready? You guys ready? You're going to love this. You ready? On Friday, we have the producer of the Minneapolis movie. That's the George Floyd documentary. <clears throat> uh, Minneapolis. Am I saying that city right? Minneapolis. Uh, George Floyd. Uh, Murder of George Floyd. Uh, what's the name of the movie? Someone tell me. Um, uh, what happened in Minneapolis? Is that the name of it? God, it's crazy that I can't. Uh, Minneapolis movie. Uh, the Fall of Minneapolis. The Fall of Minneapolis. There it is. I wonder. I wonder if I can play the trailer for you guys. I wonder what happens if I do that. You guys ready? Uh, let's see. Uh, follow me now. This uh, trailer. Oh, okay. Shit. Here we go. You want something? Uh, oh, wow. It says that this uh, content may be. Um... Here we go. So the producer of this movie is um, coming on. Friday. The 
murder of George Floyd. Murder. Murder and manslaughter. Murder of George Floyd. Peaceful protest overnight in the Twin Cities. They've been very peaceful. The crowd continues to be peaceful. 846, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. 9 minutes and 29 seconds. Actually, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. By the way, that particular technique is not authorized by the MMPD. Is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department technique? It is not. When I heard that, I really wanted to get up off my chair and yell, bullshit. From what I've seen of the videotape and the photograph and the police training manual, they look pretty identical. Were you trained in MRT, the maximal restraint technique? Yes. 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 All the police officers were trained in the MRT. George Floyd says, I got shot last time. I got shot the same way as officers before. Did you shoot him? No, I didn't shoot him. No. You helped to train Officer Alex King. What did you think of him? I probably trained a few thousand people. He was probably one of the top two. This call is from a federal prison. Hi, Derek, it's Liz. Shit, I'm muted. Pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. Could you guys hear that? I muted my mic. Could you guys hear what was be what I was playing? I'm here for the pronunciation of Minneapolis, 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 tits, Minneapolis tits. Um, can we have a gay on? Sure, give a gay on. Anyway, that's gonna be a great show Friday, right? It's a good watch. Marissa Hinojosa. All right. I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm impressed with myself. Hi, Kenneth, you asked and and this Friday we got it. Heard it great. It was louder than your mic. Okay, good. Uh we'll see you guys on Rumble next week, really. Hey dude, it is pretty crazy what happened. It's crazy that someone went over to uh Pedro's um YouTube station and listened to the video that uh the podcast Pedro did with me and got it pulled down. That shit's crazy. Jethro Cardona, miss y'all. Jethro's been busy running um, Chieftain CrossFit on Long Island, one of the newest affiliates in the CrossFit ecosystem. Congrats, Jethro. All right, guys. Love y'all. See you. Um, tomorrow. Uh, Greg Glassman on the morning, Car Saunders in the evening. Bye-bye.